good evening, afternoon, morning, midnight. This is Sean and hey, it's Dalek. And this time <laughs> on our Coast of Kings radio, we are going to be talking about our fascinatingly exciting trip to the People's Republic of China, mm-hmm. where we did 15 parks in 11 days, or 15 park visits, 14 parks, 11 yeah. days. And Alex had a great name for the episode. <laughs> Thanks. It's a Cafe Catharsis episode one. <laughs> All the guys that didn't attend school in the US, what does that mean? Cafe means China, and catharsis means relaxing. See, that's the word no one knows. For something to be cathartic means that it's therapeutic. Now, the trip was therapeutic because it, was, so it therapeutic. was amazing to not understand what we were saying and <laughs> to kind of become human again. Basic communication was fun. And um, it was just great to be somewhere else where people aren't the U.S. general public. It yeah. sounds kind of rough, but it was, it was just fun to have something different for once. We had a really great time. Um, relaxing didn't mean we had much sleep because we would yeah. be like out early and of late, but we had a great time. Well, yeah. yeah, we did a lot of uh, up with the sun, down with the sun kind of stuff. Yeah. But it was great. Yeah, the tour definitely I started felt, off a little more rested. relaxing. Yeah. But then it got, then it got Second intense. Half. We're talking about East China. Um, in this episode. In this episode. And then we're going to have a South China episode for the second half of our trip. And then the third episode, uh, we we're going to touch on uh, our two favorite parks in the world. Shanghai Disney and Chaimong Ocean Kingdom, so that will be the finale for our Cafe Catharsism. Catharsism. <laughs> that will be the finale of the podcast series um, we get, uh, related to China, really. Yeah. Because um, then after... We're going to to the death yeah. of our favorite parks. Yeah. It's going to be intense. Because, yeah, the long short of it is, is that, like, we went into this with Shanghai Disney being our favorite, and now, like, Chaimong Ocean Kingdom. Did you just get the answer like, to the entire episode? No. Okay, we're going to explain no, everybody why. Everybody knew I that guess. Shanghai Disney was our favorite. That's just true. It's true. And then everyone who follows us on social media knows that Ocean Kingdom is now basically our favorite. But it's still, like, objectively, they're both so incredibly good that we're devoting a whole episode to the two of them. And I think to, it's like, important for it people to kind of understand why suddenly this theme park, theme to the ocean in South China is... yeah. It's random, rising to the top. Random, like, like you know, Guangzhou why? investment company with, like, two properties to their name is now, like... What, a global what, leader. We they were, have yeah. more attendance than Cedar Fair or Six Flags. Yeah, we combined. were looking at the, the T reports, the theme park entertainment attraction attendance. Yeah. Like, they're number six in the world for theme park chains. And Six Flags and Cedar Fair are seventh and eighth, respectively. This place has more attendance than either Six Flags or Cedar Fair, and they only have two properties. Two really. resorts, yeah. They have two theme parks and a zoo and a water park. And an aquarium. I mean, an aquarium, my, um, a circus. A circus. <laughs> a Chinese circus. But I don't even know how much, I don't even know if the circus goes into their attendance figures. Uh, what are Ocean Kingdom doubled their attendance in five years. They had five million in uh, 2014, year, 2014, and now they broke 10 million. They've got way more attendance than like Hong Kong Disney, you know, down the down the coast. But but more on that in we'll episode talk about two, that and three. two and three. Now we're gonna start our little East China tour. Before we get started, we'll just kind of list the parks we went to. We went to Shanghai, Shanghai Disney, Disney, of course. We started with Shanghai we started. Disney. Uh, we went to Happy Valley, Shanghai, and Happy Valleys are. In many ways, the Six Flags of the East, and okay. so 
You'll learn more about that where he went to Joyland, which is home to Starry Sky mm-hmm. River. World, or, well, I guess they don't call it World Joyland anymore, but... Yeah, I guess just Joyland. Well, but... That was a trip, too. It was like, it's such a... Joyland is such a basic-sounding name. I'm like... But for some reason, Joyland's not a name you hear that often, is no, it? No. It just sounds like it'd be basic, but that's probably why no one has named anything yeah. after that. So World Joyland, and then Dinosaur Land. China Dinosaur Land. Yeah, formerly was- known as China Dinosaurs Park. Fantastic. Like, everything there says Dinosaur Land. Now. Yeah, that park was a huge... Hide? That park was a huge shock. That was amazing. We went for Dinaconda, but we stayed for, for the, the whole park. park. It yeah, was awesome. it was really great. Um, yeah, and like some other parks, but we'll talk yeah. about that. We went to Sunak, Sunak Wuchi. and Wusi. That was really good. Which was home to that giant... The giant blue wing coaster. Wing coaster. That's just a half feet short of being a hypercoaster by mm-hmm. technical American definition. Then we went to HB World... Which also have a wind coaster, but one that's probably less famous because it's not as grandiose. Um, but that park was grandiose. HB World overall. was cool. Like if you think you've seen, you think you've seen a movie immersion. studios park, MGM Studios and uh, Universal Studios, they're like, all bare compared to the grandness of HB World. HB World. Instead of building like movie sets, they're like we're just gonna build scale replicas of everything and make it look real. And then film there. Yeah, which is interesting because most movie theme parks are themed to the studios and you know the whole production. But their their idea was to be in it, yeah, know, in the movie. And but we'll, we'll go on. Yeah. We'll go kind of into that later. Yeah, yeah. And then we went to Haichang Ocean Park, which is a brand new oceanarium with the world's longest raft water slide is that, ride. Is it the longest? Yeah, I looked it up. And. The new Intimate Blitz Coaster, Steel Dolphin. Steel Dolphin. Which color scheme has nothing to do with dolphins, but it was a fantastic ride. It was a great ride. The rest of the park was a mixed bag. Um, a, the Orca Show was good. The Orca Show was good, but the rest of the park was interesting. We'll go into yeah. that as well. And then we also go to Jingjiang Park, which is... Jingjiang Action Park. Which in is... In the middle of Shanghai <laughs> with the Jinder for the Boomerang. It was super sad. It was ran down. There was cats living there, which is cool. Yeah. But that's all we're going to say about that park. Yeah, you got a couple credits there. Yeah. But at least that, that the, scary, the gym wasn't open. So. Yeah, the giant inverted boomerang. This is this was my second time going there, and my second time striking out. I'm two for two, missing that giant inverted boomerang. But it's whatever. Someday, at least they were working on it. Like that's true. At least we know it's still alive. We like Shanghai. We'll, we we intend on going there pretty consistently in the future. So one of these days, we'll stumble down there, and it'll actually be open. I think. Yeah, I think. Or so the whole too. park will close. One of the two. Whatever happens to we're going to talk about in this podcast because it's not really worth any my time, your time, or yeah. the reader, listener, whatever. It's time. The only reason we went is because Haichang Ocean Park was like not was a really, shorter visit. Than it we wasn't really thought. an all day park. It could be an all day, but we had seen Tony Parks yeah. already. We were weren't that interested in some yeah. of the things that were there. So I was like, hey, do you want to like do a quick and dirty Jinjing Action Park jaunt? Like worst case scenario, we get like maybe a couple creds and you did. Because they had the Zamperla. Yeah. It was wild. Because that same coaster. evening, we took a metro back to the hotel, and then we flew and out, we and flew we flew to Guangzhou. Yeah. Got our flight uh, was at which like 10 is where p.m. part two of the trip is. So Guangzhou. The city people don't really think about. But that is all episode two. So Guangzhou. let's just dive right in. We are seven Shanghai minutes into our show. We're going to go fly to Shanghai mm-hmm. by means of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And the first thing we're doing is bitch about my phone charge. Not oh, my God. Uh, little did we know the next day was going to be fantastic and we went to Shanghai Disney first day of the trip mm-hmm. tell a little more it was awesome we, uh, we down- the Shanghai Disneyland app is your best friend I was actually I had a friend of mine you had a she friend just- <laughs> in me that was amazing Toy Story Land. I'm so happy that you did that I'm really okay. glad cool Toy Story 4 by the way is my new favorite Pixar movie 
but I digress. Uh, a really good friend of mine, she actually reached out to me. She's a colleague flight attendant. She has a layover in Shanghai. And so I gave her the 411 on Shanghai Disney, and a majority of what we talked about was related to the Shanghai Disney app because we use that to order our tickets, to purchase our early admission. You can do buy it. Premier Park, yep. Premier Pass. Premier Pass. Which is a paid for fast pass only mm-hmm. available at that resort. Yep. Shanghai Disney, you, they have normal fast pass. And you, on can, the phone. and you can order it on your phone, kind of like Max Pass at Disneyland, only it's included with your admission. And then if you want even more fast pass, you can purchase additional ones, kind of like, uh, like Express Pass at Universal Studios. And they have different packages, sets of three or sets of six or individual ones. Um, we ended up buying a few just because we could. Um, and then we also purchased uh, the Extra Magic Hour, which, unlike any other Disney resort, it's just an add-on that you can tack on to your fare. Um, it was like $20 USD on top of a $72 USD ticket. And then, like, the Fast Passes and stuff, if you want to buy, like, an individual Premier Plus or Premier Pass. Equivalent's like 7 bucks, I think, Yeah, USD. they're like $8 or something. Yeah, and they're a better value. Terrible. If you get a package of 6 it's like 40 or something. It's honestly, I mean... On the one hand, it's like, okay, that's extra expenses. It's not always going to be necessary, especially if you go to Shanghai Disney on a weekday. We actually went to Shanghai Disney twice. We bookended our trip because our flight back to uh, the U.S. was delayed for eight hours. Um, so yeah, we went eight hours of park time. Yep, so we went to Shanghai Disney, and, but it was on a Saturday. It was super busy, so the Premier Pass actually helped us get on uh, some, some final Tron rides without having to wait, like, two hours. It might seem like an unnecessary extra expense, but if you're there on a Saturday or something or it's really busy, like it's, it is worth every penny because you're already out there. You already spent what you spent to get out there. And, uh, you know, what's a few extra dollars for, uh, you know, skipping several hours yeah. of line for additional fast pass. Especially so. that park because it yeah. just, that park eats people. Mm-hmm. And operations, though, obviously great by Asian standards are not necessarily the fast-pacedness of the U.S. parks yeah. because a lot of people are still new yeah. to the concept mm-hmm. of boarding trains rapidly yeah. or being it's assigned It's the only rows. park in the country that runs multiple trains. Like we, yeah, so. we have definitely been stacked on some of the rides. I mean, if, uh, on our first visit, we were like backed up on Pirates mid-ride. We were just like going from scene, waiting yeah. to scene, waiting to scene. So yeah. that park's operations, though good, are definitely – on the Asian side, they of struggle a little bit with like staffing versus capacity. Because, like Pirates, for anyone who studied the Pirates ride, there um, it uses a one of a kind ride system. Two loading docks. Each boat has uh, thirty passengers, <coughs> and they um, they can dispatch sixty people at a time. The dispatches are less than a minute. Uh, yeah, they're usually roughly the thirty to 30, uh, forty-five um, seconds. So their capacity. But insane. what happens is, is if they don't have enough people staffed. The boats stack really quickly. Yeah, because it is. It's a it's, it's a big system. To dispatch. You gotta have like time. you gotta have like eight people in the station working if 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 you want your your sixty people. Which on our busy day, it actually seemed to work out really well. They split the boats. They split um, the boats six rows. Each just split mm-hmm. it into like four sec- uh, three sections of four rows. Yeah. So there will be three groupers. Mm-hmm. One grouper will be row one through four. Then one group will be row five and six, and then one group will be row one. And, uh, no, sorry, five, five six, and one six and two, and one and two. Yeah. And then the last group will be then row um, three, four, five, and six in the back car. So yeah. it really worked out. Getting those boats out with three groupers, just splitting up those 
12 rows into into three groupers. That was actually genius. We didn't even think about that. They had infrastructure set up for that because there used to be a single rider line for pirates. And that became the third grouper. Yeah, and then they, because so there was three lines going into the station. It used to be one line for one boat, one line for the other boat, and one line for single. uh, single. But now. Single was just a late operation so bad. Now it's like they've got two boats, 12 rows total. And so they divided the rows, the 12 rows between the two boats by threes. And um, have a group. They have a grouper for each set of four, and it's super efficient and very impressive. So that was cool. But yeah, our first day was nice because we hadn't been to Toy Story Land yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just kind of backtrack. So we stayed at a courtyard near the Disney Resort area, and they had a shuttle, which is nice. They so had a shuttle to the airport and to Shanghai Disney. Complimentary. So, that was pretty yeah. sick. So we took that over. Um, so yeah, if you're looking to do a quick and dirty, you know, Shanghai airport. To, to to the park and back with the hotel stay. That hotel is perfect because it'll Yeah, you don't have to pay like Disney property prices, which is nice. Yep. Um and you're close to Metro Station. So it's a very nice hotel. It was pretty mm-hmm. good. And then so we did early admission. Yep. However, we had issue with the Wi Fi. So it's just a fair warning for yeah. anyone out oh, there. Yeah. You that need was, to be on the yeah. Wi Fi to be on the app, but since you have an international phone connected to the Wi Fi can be a yeah. pain. Yeah. So be aware of that because <laughs> it was kind of challenging to get travel to China use of like a VPN and there's a lot of different VPN uh, uh, apps out there and you can just download we we use different ones throughout our trip just because one would work better than the other in a different region or a different city um, different time of day because they're yeah, all related to traffic yeah. in other countries so but um, VPNs will not work with the Shanghai Disney app so if you have a VPN you have to you can turn it on for when you're using data for social media but then you have to turn it off if you want to connect to uh, Shanghai Disney's Wi-Fi um which is fine. Which we didn't realize at first. We're like, why can't yeah. I not load our tickets? We, figured, yeah. load was, we did all the hard work, so you don't have to. We figured it out in the field. It was stressful, but you know, once we were in the park, it was fine. It was 8 a.m. The park Staff was, was nice. to helped us. Super, they were like trying nice. to figure out yeah. for us how we can get inside without the app working. And yeah, they, the, they figured it the out. The customer they, service aspect is definitely there. Everyone is, I think, pretty friendly. And it's becoming increasingly better because mm-hmm. Shanghai Disney opened – and I mean, our first visits to Shanghai Disney staff just wasn't necessarily the greatest. But yeah. anywhere that we went in China, the the customer service aspect has greatly improved just in two years mm-hmm. of us going there. So mm-hmm. that was pretty great. So yeah, we we were there. We had the park to ourselves. First thing we did was we went to Tron, and uh, then I proposed to Sean. That's right. <laughs> that was a big surprise. So yeah, so we're getting married. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, we'll tell you how to win. So. You know, we, we take pictures a lot, as you see, on our website. <laughs> and so he was like, post with Tron. I was like, I kind of just want to ride because we're the first people here. I, I had running. him, like, looking over the balcony. So he's like, look, yeah, ride. look at Tron. And then, you know, just stare at it. So I was like, all right, cool. I stared at it. And then I turned around, and there he was on his knees. It was very romantic. It was very <laughs> One cool. One knee, not, two, not both knees. <laughs> I freaking know how I <laughs> Just like how we wear our engagement rings, or whatever you call those things, on your on our right hands, because I just learned weeks after, so yeah. being your left. So yeah, there we go. We don't know much about it. We posted anything. the engagement announcement <laughs> the pictures on Facebook, and like 600 people liked it, and nobody told us that our rings were on the wrong, wrong hands. So like, but now, okay. now we're used to it, I it's guess. It's fine. We're gay. We're doing our own <laughs> thing. It's whatever. It's and then we wrote Tron. Right yeah, and then we wrote Tron a bunch. We wrote it like 12 times or something that day. Yeah, we wrote it a lot because the first visit, like we said, it wasn't that busy. Mm-hmm. So we wrote that. It was really great, obviously, because it's Tron. And you know what? The first time I went to Tron, it was really cold out and it mm-hmm. ran really slow. And I was like, what the hell? But then this, this time visit, it, ass it was like right shit. The Tron gate. was like yep. intense. It was intense. Yep. It was first great. ride of the day, it was, it was hauling. Which is really impressive because Tron really needs to warm up, to be honest with you guys. 
Um, and then we went to we get went our to new Toy credit. Story Land. To get Toy Story yeah. Land. Now, I do like the Toy Story Land more than the other ones because it's a little tighter of a fit. And it doesn't ruin the illusion of the rest of the park. Like, it's very much its own it's wing. It's very secluded. It, yeah. You know how in Hollywood Studios, Star Trek, sorry, Star Wars, and Toy Story Land just bl- are supposedly blending? It's the worst transition. But that was not a transition issue that we noticed at all in Shanghai. It really, uh, even though it's part of Fantasyland, it's mm-hmm. so secluded still that it did not Toy at Story all interrupt Land anything. is like its own little offshoot from the Midway, like a little half moon that branches off of Fantasyland and connects back to it. So you can actually bypass the area on the main Midway, kind of like uh, tomorrow. Yeah, you have to actively go into the area to go into the area. And if so you're not in Toy Story Land, if you're in Fantasyland but you're not in Toy Story you Land, can't you can't see it. see it. The sight lines are great. So that was a nice thing because Toy Story's theme is too colorful. It's like, you know, it's larger than life, all that kind of stuff. And it really ruins some of the natural it aspects of the It wouldn't work with Fantasyland or Tomorrowland. And so. Yeah, and so the, the, the areas in Shanghai Disney are so naturalistic and so realistic and so clean that that could have really ruined it. But I'm really glad that didn't have that happen because it would have been the Galaxy's Edge Toy Story Land effect where Galaxy's Edge is all naturalistic and beautiful and detailed and there's freaking Toy Story Land. And it's such an <laughs> ugly, ugly comparison and contrast. Well, Hollywood Studios Toy Story Land is just ugly in general. Like, yeah, it's too open. Not enough trees, not enough. I mean, the, and the Hong Kong one is kind of like that too. The Hong Kong one is very open and it's very hot out and um, kind of like the Paris yeah, one. It was a little closer and secluded. So yeah. I like this one a lot. Um, also, they have, so they've got Rex's Racer, which is... The same thing as RC Racer with the other ones, time, which, I mean, we walked on to so it was fine. Um, and then the Slinky Dog uh, ride, like the Himalaya-style ride from the other uh, smaller And it had a land. cube, like Mater's Junkyard yeah, Jamboree kind They have of. a unique, they have Woody's Roundup, which is a, a quasi-unique attraction to Shanghai Disney. It's not a unique ride because it's the same ride as uh, Junkyard Jamboree, uh, a, like Alien Saucer Spin, which is... Um, an indoor version of the same ride. Um, but this one has, like, little horses, <laughs> like bullseye, but, like, in, like, little carts. It's super cute. And it has, like, a little, like, kind of ghost town, little facade. Yeah, the queue has, the yeah, the queue goes to the little village. It was cute. I mean, again, I'm not the biggest fan of the Torstor lands. Um, for obvious reasons, I just don't think the theming is intricate enough. And I'm just not that attached to the franchise. I think it's too colorful, too, um, too large. But... Um, the area wasn't bad. Um, of course, what really came for was Tron and Pirates, but yeah. we're glad to have that credit now yeah. for the roller coaster. In typical Shanghai fashion, they did Toy Story Land better than any of the other. And we're not going to say that because we law no, because we wanted to sign international. That park just well, we were irritated that they were even doing it, and then we went in expecting to hate it, and we were like, "Oh, this actually isn't that bad." And of course, since the park is a recent ground up, you know, theme park from Disney, they kind of knew where their expansions were going to be and how it was going to work out with the original layout of the park. So I think that's one of the strong suits of this area. So yeah, it doesn't it was, actually seem like which attached on. It, it seems like it's an intricate yeah. park, but it is not intruding. It was actually part of the original concept, and they delayed it for budgetary reasons because they knew it wasn't like totally necessary. But it worked out as like a nice uh, addition uh, in the first you know couple of years. The um, On the opposite side of Fantasyland... From uh, Toy Story Land is the Zootopia area that is currently under construction behind. Yeah, it's going to be between Seven Pooh Dwarves. and Seven Dwarves. Yeah, there's yeah. a midway leading to the Winnie the Pooh ride, except that it like awkwardly dead ends next to the ride, and uh, you could always you could tell that a midway was always supposed to continue through 
um, the abrupt stop was more of an indication than anything that that was the next branch of expansion. So Zootopia area, we don't have a whole lot of details on it, but we're excited just because it's like totally different. And I, I love Zootopia. I don't know how many of you have seen that movie, but that movie's like, they knocked it out of the park. It is such a cool movie and really fun and interesting. I'm curious to see what they do. It was a huge hit in China. Which is why it's going to Shanghai. They're going, the Shanghai Disney is doing a lot of like, they focus so much on like the brand new, like really recent Disney franchises because of like, you know, a lot of like the legacy Disney stuff was embargoed. Like nobody in China like has seen Beauty and the Beast because it wasn't out, like it wasn't available in China at the time. You know, it's really in like the last five or 10 years, stuff like the new, like the newer Toy Story movies and like Cars like Cars 3 did really well in China and like Zootopia and um, Moana and Frozen, like that kind of stuff. So I think that's going to continue to be a trend for uh, Shanghai Disney will be like focus on the or like the Avengers. The Avengers are really big in Shanghai, too. The restaurant in Tomorrowland, the Stargazer Grill is like all Avengers themed now. So I wouldn't be surprised if like for the next for the second gate at Shanghai Disney, it's going to be focused very heavily on like Marvel because the the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been a huge hit in China as well. Yep. So after we rode Rex's Razor, what's it called there? Is it called Rex's Razor there? Yeah. Yeah, we went over to Pirates of course, yep. just like we said earlier. And got our had a bit of a stacking issue on the first day. But of course Pirates is such a phenomenal ride. We had a really, really great time on that. As usual, we actually did ride Soarin' this time because we bought a premiere package. Yeah, we bought a we bought a premiere, premiere pass, pass that included Soarin'. So we're like, so all right, might as well ride it. And like, um, I, I like the Soarin' here just because it has every Soarin' is the same except for the final scene. Like all the Soarin' around the world ones are the same except like the one in Shanghai. Instead of like flying over Disneyland or flying over Epcot, you fly over the financial district and the Bund in downtown Shanghai, which is really cool. And I like the theme of the one in Shanghai Disney. It's themed to, like, Machu Picchu. It's, like, a very naturalistic edge to it instead of, like, American aviation or whatever. Um, so, yeah, we did that, and that was fun. We did uh, Roaring Rapids is another one of our favorites. Yeah, the animatronics seem to be much more lively than it was the yeah, first time. Yeah, alert. There's a... Well, I guess everyone probably already knows. So one actual themed character. It's a very impressive ride. audio animatronic in the indoor portion of, of Roaring Rapids. And the ride went well, a little wetter, because, you know, the last time we were there was in the winter, so that was a good ride. We um, used to love, we would ride uh, Grizzly River Rapids all the time, or Grizzly River, River Run in California, at uh, DCA there, all yeah. the time, so Roaring Rapids is like a larger version. It has a lot of similarities, but it's a, overall, it's a larger product, and I believe this one was done by Sansei, as opposed to Intamin. Um, otherwise, same basic, basic thing, just bigger and theme to South America. Oh, and uh, Seven Dwarves Mine Ride. Uh, back to that for a sec. That's another one that used to have a single rider line, and then they lost it because the throughput just wasn't optimal for, for putting single riders on. And it's essentially the same ride as at uh, Walt Disney World, except we like Walt Disney World's better because uh, we think it's integrated a little better. I love like the midway that wraps around it, although the Zootopia expansion should f- flesh out the, uh, the midway that encircles 
uh, Seven Dwarfs, so we'll see about that. But the uh, final scene on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in Orlando is, of course, the uh, uh, Dopey and Snow White dancing in the Seven Dwarfs house, which is a reclaimed scene from the uh, Snow White Scary Adventures ride, uh, which Shanghai Disney, of course, didn't have that. So they built their own, like a couple of small scenes and animatronics in the break room, like a little house in the distance and like a tree with like a raccoon in it, and you know, that sort of thing. Subtle differences, but not obviously. It's not as impressive as the as the big, the full scale uh, Seven Dwarves house that was reclaimed from the uh, original ride from the nineteen seventies. So we give Orlando the the uh, upper edge. We only rode it once in Shanghai, I think. Well, not as well, but this time, yeah. yeah. This time we we just gave it one ride, and we were like, oh yeah, like we like it. And we especially now we moved to Orlando. It wasn't like unique yeah, for us anymore. Living in Orlando now, like it's it's like we just rode it the other day with Sean's mom. We had a lot of fun, huh? <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah, I love having that scene at the end. It makes a big difference, I think. Kind of like the climax of the ride. Shanghai just feels a little bit empty uh, by comparison. But by and large, the same ride and, and very good for both parks. And I think we should honestly just kind of move on to Happy Valley Shanghai, where we kind of want to focus on yeah, I'm down. discussing so many attractions and parks that are different from what we already always talk about yeah so we'll uh we'll hop on to the six flags of china um <laughs> oct group which is home to the Shang- uh sorry the happy valley parks we went to the one in shanghai which is located a little bit northwest no, uh southwest southwest, southwest. So i had to go north at the city center that's right so shanghai southwest. disney southeast next between the airport and the city center that's right and then uh, happy valley shanghai is um Southwest. This was my second time to Happy Valley Shanghai. It was Sean's first time. Um, it was not very happy, but the last time I went, the Megalite was down. This time we went, so was the, the Kitty Coaster. Was down. This time the Megalite was down again, and the Wood Coaster was down. Yeah, which is yeah. BS. Apparently, like we went. I guess like for both of the Happy Valleys, we went on Fridays, and we struck out hardcore with both Happy Valleys. So I guess like going on Fridays, you would think. Operationally, it would be good, but I guess we need the to. The thing was, the park actually had people in it. Like for Dive Coaster, yeah. which is a larger version of Shikra that is taller and that has 10, 10 across. across seats. Let me see how much taller it actually is. Um, I believe the Diving Coaster at Happy Valley is. Oh my god, please hold. <laughs> I thought I had what is it. Oh, it's 13 feet taller. So. 213 feet tall. Um, and it was actually a really good ride. We had to wait like 45 minutes. The entire queue was full. Was one of the longest the lines of the trip, were pretty okay. for, Yeah, they were dispatching at a pretty okay rate. It's raid. such a funny little ride because it's it's a it's, it's a, a perfect, ride. a funny big ride. It's a perfect composite of like Shikra and Griffin. Shikra's layout, but with Griffin's trains, and uh, has a slightly different ending compared to Shikra. That final uh, two hundred and seventy degree little uh, teardrop turn uh, back into the station actually goes all the way down to the ground. And then, and, and, Shanghai, and then swoops back up because, uh, of course, at uh, Bush Gardens, there's a service road that has to be cleared. So the, that turn stays elevated the whole time. Shang- in Shanghai, it's just a field. So it goes down and back up. And then it has a, a longer brake run and a shorter station. It loads one vehicle at a time. The station is much shorter than it is wide. It's actually pretty funny. Um, but yeah, of course, they would never need a dual loading station since every park in China that isn't Disney or Chime Long has no intentions of running coasters with multiple trains. Um, 
And then we did ride Dark Kitty and Family Coaster. Like yeah, the, the Kitty Coaster was B&M. closed on my visit, so that was a new credit. It was my only new credit at Happy Valley Shanghai for me was the Kitty Coaster, which was fun. So the B&M Invert, just the family one, family um, invert. it's very much inspired by the Facoma Family Invert or Suspended Coaster. The uh, Cabastin but it's a Freedom more Flyer in- It's a little more intense. Layout, yeah. And it does um, elevation-wise, it's a little bit different. Totally layout, over-engineered, but smooth as glass. And infinitely better than Banshee at Kings Island. Boom. Boom. And then there's also Crazy Elves, which is a spinning coaster spinner. from Zamperla. Zamperla spinner. An actual Zamperla spinner. The Kitty Coaster was Golden Horse or something. Yeah, the uh, Coastal Ants. Some coastal, coastal Ant. Yeah, the, the the mascots at the Happy Valley Parks are little ants. Yeah, I guess that's ants. what it's related to. It's very symbolic of uh, And it was, of in China. A, it was in the ocean area <laughs> of the park, so I guess that's why. And then... We did ride their mine train, their intimate mine train, intimate which mine is train the, is awesome. their best coast, in my opinion. Yeah, that we've been on. Very intense. It was better than I remember. Helices because I liked it, and then when we rode it, I, like I kind of downplayed it, and then we rode it together. I was like, wait a minute, this is awesome. That's that like really that's great. the only coaster that we rode twice. Yeah, it is the only coaster. We and we rode twice. the uh, the flying pagoda. Yeah, it's not, not very well. Island. Dressed up like the one at Efteling, but it uh, floats around the park. You can really get to see everything nicely. That was cool. But overall, the parks didn't have a lasting impression. They were definitely on the upswing. Like, everything was repainted, and most of the park was undergoing, like, positive refurbishments. At least, yeah. Well, like, the Megalite, but, which, again, I'm two for know. two, missing out on the Megalite. Uh, at least they were doing a lot of work on it. They were um, pruning trees around it. There was a lot of activity going on in that area. It's funny. It's, in the, it's the only ride in the... Uh, Shangri-La area of the park, I think. We were able to go all the way to exit, and no one so, noticed that they even were though there's no on. like with when the mega light is down, that whole area of the park like serves no purpose except um, for to have chain birds. Oh um, yeah, and, uh, chain bird. Uh, that was pretty sad. OCT Happy Valley, has his idea. Yeah, OCT does not. We'll we'll talk a lot about this on the uh, the South China report because our visits to Happy Valley, Shenzhen, and Night Valley were pretty eye-opening as far as like their relationship with animals, captive animals. I mean, I, I, I think we both already kind of had an idea of this, but um, it was a lot worse, I think, than we had previously experienced. They've got, like, macaws and parrots and things, and they're, like, chained to the uh, perches upon which they sit and are... Uh, just stand there. People can just walk up to them. And, yeah, uh, they're unsupervised. They're unsupervised. So, so, like, there's just, like, a midway of, like, all these birds that are just chained to a pole and people can just walk up to them and people that don't really seem to care enough about the animal's welfare for them to be trusted with these animals just hanging around so i don't know that was that was real real china but yeah the ocean area of the park was the same way there's an, the, it, the area of the park that has the uh, family invert also has a large indoor section with a variety of rides and several aquarium setups but the aquariums were very small for the very large and it was, yeah, and it was just, it was just, yeah, it was just overall side of all. You can imagine, like, type of dead lights. It was just, it was like a disco in there, but it was actual, yeah. you know, sophisticated animals like sharks and stuff. You, have, you can this imagine, like, show. having like multiple adult sharks in a tank the size of a jacuzzi. You know, it's not totally inappropriate. It's hard to hard to look at. We took some pictures, you know, for. To you know, paint the picture, but ultimately, you know, yeah, I just, just didn't make it. Just didn't make a very good impression. Luckily, staff was nice at the staff park. Staff was nice. The um, most of the parks we went to, we had luggage in hand because we were between hotels 
or transiting around between cities. And all these parks have um, a very cost-efficient luggage stowage. Um, either at, at, at the uh, before the entrance of the park or right after the entrance of the park, and uh, it's quite common for people to have their their luggage with them when they visit the park. So, so the Happy Valley really does seem to be the park that everyone wants to go to in Shanghai. Honestly, within just a few hours' reach of so many better parks, yeah, I would really not go to China for credit run because we didn't come home with that many credits, but we really just went to go to all these parks. Yeah, we got like thirty credits or something. Yeah, but for a fifteen park visit, yeah, it's not the craziest amount. So. We just, you know, if you're going to go to China, the Happy Valley Parks on our trip of all the 15 parks we did or 14 parks we did, uh, we're on the bottom. All three of the OCT parks on the bottom, along with Jing. So I would really say just because they have coasters and some of them look pretty good and you want to do a credit run, just don't rush to the Happy Valley Parks. Um, Focus on maybe taking a train out to... Changzhou, there's definitely which better parks is out there. only an hour tr- bullet train ride away, and it's home to China Dinosaur Land, and it's close to Joyland and Wuzi Sunak. That's and a much HB better region World. for coasters. Yep. So we'll go, we'll go right there. We actually stayed yep. in Changzhou in a big Merritt hotel. It was fantastic. We had an amazing premiere suite. We could see Dinaconda from our room. We were fourteen hundred feet up in the air. Mm-hmm. We were in the clouds. It was really, it really was, sick. We, it was incredible. It like was the I tallest said building earlier, in the entire in the entire we were, city. We were up with the sun because the sun rises from our room were incredible. Yeah, we were above the clouds. No, yeah, we it saw, was awesome. no, the clouds were right there, and we saw the sun rise. But it was really, really sick. Um, we couldn't bear out, close the. You know, we could never. You know, it was it was wall to wall windows overseeing the whole city, and we we could we couldn't bear to close the blinds on the windows with that beautiful view. So we just. As the sun came up, we woke up and got our day started early. And the first park we went to was um, Joyland, which we were done on a Saturday, so like, there must be people there. Yeah. And there were like five people there. Yeah. But they had an opening show that had like 20, 30 people involved in it. So and that California was kind of funny. Screamin's music. California Screamin' music was ripped <laughs> off. There was dancing. There was singing. There was, was waving. And then we walked into the park to a sign. We walked away to do Star Sky Report for mm-hmm. us because that was the ride of focus. Yeah. But we got there, and there was a sign that said, ride not open. And we're yeah. like, um, what do you mean ride not open? Yeah. And then we asked the staff member and with our little translator app, and he said, yeah, may, probably not today. And we're like, you have to be kidding really? me. Really? I can't remember. Remember that? And we were like, that? and then I asked all these engineers. I was like, are you sure it's not opening? And they were like, oh, yeah, it's opening at 10, 30, yeah. whatever. No, we were there at like 9.30, and we were like, okay, this ride's not supposed to open. Are you kidding me? It's Saturday. This is Star Sky Ripper. We traveled a little Luckily, bit. Luckily, I mean, we got to see them put the train on the track. It was pretty yeah, clear to we us. Yeah, we were being pretty nerdy. And then um, we saw several engineers hop around the park, and every engineer I was like asking with my yeah. phone app, like, when's it opening? Or pointed at the ride. And they kept saying 10.30. So at that point, we knew that. The, and then they replaced the sign a few moments later that yeah. said opening later. So at least, uh, at least it opened. It was a really great ride. Yeah. But the park, I mean, the park itself, if, if, if any of you are f- familiar with, like, video games, this was the park that was, it's, it's equal parts a, a Universal Studios Islands of Adventure ripoff and a ripoff of, like, StarCraft and World of Warcraft games. The uh, Starry Sky Ripper is the, the hallmark attraction in the StarCraft area of the park, which also takes a lot of cues from Marvel Superhero Island. Uh, mm-hmm. We did this park in the morning with our plans to do uh, China Dinosaur Land in the afternoon, but we ended up only spending like Hour. 90 minutes in the park yeah. because we made quick work of it, um, and we'll talk more about why our visit was so quick uh, in a sec. But yeah, um, Starry Sky Ripper was a lot of fun. It wasn't as good as a Flying Dinosaur, in my opinion. Or, or, Tatsu. Uh, or Tatsu. Or Manta. Uh, yeah, I would say it's, it's Manta level. It looks really cool. 
Uh, I, I would say between Manta and Acrobat, and I'm saying that because Acrobat lacks the theme Manta has, but Manta's right. integration yeah. is unbeatable. Yeah. And uh, Sean pointed out when we were there something I thought was quite a clever observation, which is that Starry Sky Ripper is very much the uh, Vacoma Flying Dutchman of the uh, B&M Flyers because it has... Um, a vertical the, loop. A vertical loop, uh, a, a lie to fly. A giant horseshoe that's one of my elements. And, that the, and, the, the, uh, and the double uh, the double inline twist uh, corkscrew type thing, and then a final helix at the end. Aside from just the uh, orientation and the... the uh, the uh, seating of the seats, yeah. yeah, it's very, very much a fun. But you know, I would take a, I would take that wing at uh, Six Flags America over Starry Sky Ripper in all seriousness. And a lot of people are going to hang up on the episode at this point, and that's I know. okay. Sorry, but here's out. The ride is very intense, but there's definitely definitely moments where it just lacks force. It kind of just hangs around, and it does kind of combine a flying Dutchman with the Superman open flight clones. It has some cool elements. Don't get me wrong. But as where the intensity of the Flying Dutchman is consistent the entire ride through, there's moments on Star Skyrim where you're like, wow, this is crazy right there. And there's moments you're like, why am I going through these elements it's, so it's, it's a mixed bag because there's moments of the ride that are really fun, and then there's moments that are really sluggish, and then there's between the vertical... Okay, so if anybody's wondering why uh, B&M hasn't built another like vertical loop on a flyer... Because it... I thought my head was going to explode. Like, I thought my sinuses were literally going to pop. Yeah, so face. you know how intense Tatsu's pretzel is? Imagine doing that twice, twice because you start with it, you end with it. And it was so unexpected because, like, we weren't we weren't carrying that much speed. It was it was all about the, 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 uh, the angle of the approach into the loop. And even the Flying Dutchmans aren't, aren't that forceful in and out of the loop. So it, it totally caught us off guard, but... We came out of the uh, one and a half barrel roll uh, under the lift hill, which is which is a great. That's the, probably the ride's best moment. And it it's was, a great moment. However, when we rode Flying Dinosaur last year in way Japan, way better version. The of that. one and a half barrel roll in the sky thing, whatever you want to call yeah. that. It was much more intense. Yeah. So when I rode a Star Skyrim, I was like, why am I hanging yeah, here? Because I felt like I was hanging We drifted through it. And we're like, oh, this is nice. And then we come out of it and hit the bottom and of the vertical loop. loop and we're like freaking mortal and pestled into our seats. And, and then, then we do it again. Because you yeah. come out of the loop and then you're you're just pasted to the – oh, my God. However, the element after loop is kind of sick because you go from a fly to lie in a turn. It's actually it, – that was, that was a really good element. Yeah. And then there was a non-working water effect. <laughs> yeah, you come out of the fly to lie, and then you're like face to face with a broken water feature, which you know is is a, another fire. hallmark of, of China. Um, so the ride, rough around the edges, had some great moments. Not as good as it looks. Yeah, I think people, um, especially when, back when we just had California Coast Kings, people were always saying, "Oh well, you know, Tatsu no longer looks like the best flyer. Star Sky Ripper does. Star Sky Ripper does." And I can yeah. tell you now that whoever said that, I'm sorry, y'all, y'all full of it because. <laughs> It is not that good. Even when we were on the Japan trip and we were riding Flying Dinosaur. Which is phenomenal. Which is incredible. And people were like, oh, you know, I don't know if it's, I like it better than Star Sky Ripper. I'm like, blow it out your asshole. Like, Star Sky Ripper is what, not I mean, all that. And I was expecting Sky Ripper. And it Star was Sky running, I don't, and, like, it was running okay. It wasn't, like, It seems to be running, like, a bad. It wasn't it's that bad. It's just not, 
I mean, there's it's it's not very tall and it has some tall elements and the pacing is just feels off. Yeah, I feel people have a misunderstanding of the height of the ride because people kind of look at it and it's in the field and it looks tall. Yeah, because it has a straight down drop and it does like the one and a half inversion in the middle. Yeah. But the ride really is not that large. Yeah. I would say it's only it's slightly larger than yeah, on the Flying a, Dutchman scale. Yeah, it's about the Flying Dutchman scale and only slightly larger than like a Superman. Having said that, the fact that it just ranks just below. Manta at SeaWorld Orlando is not a bad ride. Right. It's a great ride. Yeah. But uh, the reason that we're talking this way is because we don't want everyone in the world to think it's the most fantastic flyer. Yeah, people will say that, not. oh, you only like stuff because it's in China. False. Because here we are. Here's an example. We are not afraid to tell people. Starry Sky Shitter. That Starry Sky Ripper <laughs> is not the best flying coaster in the Far East, and it's not better than Tats. It's not even the best Asian-themed B&M flyer. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But what was well-themed was actually their... Knock off mine train. <laughs> mine train. It was a but first golden yeah. horse, right? It's yeah, a, it was, it was first it's golden it's horse. Sean's first golden horse, and it was his first uh, roller coaster with the signature Vacoma mine train layout. Yeah, believe it or not, I have written a knockoff Vacoma mine train, but of not a layout versus the real one. I've written obviously custom ones, and there's so many. Written. I mean, like Gardaland has one, and uh, Wallaby, kind of custom, Wallaby Belgium, yep. and uh, a lot of Chinese Hard bars. Rock Park had one. Shenzhen has one, and uh, yeah, Shenzhen's was closed. Little spoiler there, um, but the, uh, the the Golden Horse knockoff uh, dragon themed one was great. It was a great ride. No yeah, complaints. the queue was long and pretty cool, and we got to the ride. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't running. As smooth as a Vacoma game. Right. But it was great. It, it ran, the pacing wasn't bad. I really enjoyed the theming. It was phenomenal. It was overall a good ride. Not much to say about it, but definitely not a ride to want to miss out on. And we rode it. We, we, we This was a very time-efficient in-and-out visit. We rode the mine train while we were waiting for Starry Sky Ripper to open. And we got off of it, and we, we rode, waited in front of Starry rode Sky. We rode Starry Sky Ripper, the first two trains out. Um, dispatches, you know, it's a, it's the typical like dispatches every ten minutes sort of. Again, thing, this China. park had like ten people in it. And it was That's why none of my like none of our pictures of the of the ride have people in them because we this took pictures dispatching. of the test runs and then first they make you wait in a the queue, then they wait for at least five rows out of the seven rows to be filled, mm-hmm. then they put you in a station, then they do a whole spiel in Chinese. If we don't understand. And if you're wondering, we rode front and back, and yeah, front row back road. It's our road. Yeah, I would say, but I feel like that's yeah. how you judge a coaster. Yeah. Anyway, it's like who doesn't. And I liked them both evenly, and I did really like the ride. I, re- I wish I could have had an opportunity. I think I like to, the back better. Did you, you like know, the back? You know why? Because that first drop, you get pulled over the top. It's good. Like you just kind of get the whip, you know, yeah. like that's flying true. out to the ground really fast. True. I mean, that's that's that first drop hanging in the front because again, it's not at all the ride. So yeah. you're you know, you're you're really like halfway, halfway down. Halfway the down. <laughs> so, but no, it was, it was fun. True. And then we tried riding the Skyloop, the Mauer Skyloop, Sky which was an, an we, actual Mauer, right? Yeah, like yeah. a real Mauer, and we were denied for being too tall. To talk. So, Which is funny because like and just Sean either. has never ridden the Sky Loop. I've ridden. I was like the first movie Chinese one. He's like first Sky Loop, and <laughs> they were like not so fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after that, we were all the coasters are in the back of the park. The park is basically a loop. You know, again, it's a, it's islands of adventure. For and all I didn't hate purposes. the park because like it had a lot of theming, but the atmosphere. In fact, they had just that Doctor Seuss area that was. Spooky. Oh my god, that it was, was scary. so similar. And it even had the High in the Sky Seuss Trolley Tram Ride, like a carbon copy of it, except it was all warped and covered Trainies. in mold and stuff. Yeah, so we, uh, we we made quick work at the park. It wasn't really a place that we felt like we needed to linger. There weren't a lot of, like, non-coaster rides we were interested in. They have... Um, There's some theaters and some motion They have uh, but a, standards, um, like, not high, a so. Wonder Wheel over in the water park area. But that was closed. But it was closed. Because the water park was closed. And um, and then they had a, a, shoot, a well-themed shoot-the-shoot ride, or so it looked, but we didn't really feel like getting wet, so 
We actually left the park, you know, 90 minutes after it opened. The problem with the park is that it's so out there, and the Super entrance isolated. is really grand, so there's, there's no taxi stand, nothing. So trying to get out of there was pretty painful. So we actually flagged down a security guard that had a little flag of China pinned on his arm. We didn't speak a single word of English. And we used our little phone app. We're like, can you please help us find a taxi? He's like, oh, no, no taxi here. We're like, please help us. So then he called his friend. Yeah. And he, he walked us all the way through the giant parking lot. With no cars, of course. Yeah, it was like a five-minute walk. <laughs> all the way to the front, and he's like, you know, trying to communicate with us. We don't really understanding. We're like, okay, okay. And then eventually he waves at this car that's just a regular, a random, regular random car. <laughs> and he's like, this is your taxi. And we're like, we're okay, like, there okay. was no taxi, nothing. So we kind of just like, we need to get Dinosaur Park. And we're, on a, and we're on a schedule because yeah. we need to get a Lanacondo. So yeah. we're like, all right, adventure time. And so all we right. just hopped into the strangest car, and mm. we're like, let's hope she gets us there. Yeah. For a second, we were a little nervous, though. We're like, um, this is not a taxi. Every time, told us taxi. Honestly, know? every time that we felt nervous or unsure about something, uh, the Chinese uh, rose to the occasion, I think. We, I think, by and large, pretty much through the whole trip, I think, I like to think that we uh, benefited greatly from the kindness of, of the strangers we met, the nice people. Hey, you know what? It's 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 very much true what they say. If you attempt to speak their language, attempt to communicate in their language, people are much more willing to help you. It's just like a gesture of goodwill because we know, like, we can count to maybe ten max in Chinese in Mandarin. We can say, <laughs> you know, hello and thank you yeah. and how are you doing? And that's pretty much all we had. And but if you start in a conversation that and you thank them in in their native language, it seemed to be so much more helpful. The, the idea of customer service being being bad there, my first trip I would have agreed, but this trip, every single person we encountered, incredibly nice, except for the train station. I think in it's changed. <laughs> in Zuhai. We had but. a little incident <laughs> trying to buy a train ticket, but we'll talk about that. In episode two. In episode two. <laughs> um, but yeah, even since my first visit to China in uh, 2015, uh, it's been about, it was that was January 2015, um, so it's been about five years now. And uh, it's just a huge difference, I think, in my personal experience. I feel like a lot more people speak English in China than... Especially uh, the younger generations. Yeah, our generation. Old people don't our at age, all. Yeah. A lot of people working at these theme parks speak uh, amazingly good English. And <laughs> oh, they were very excited for us to tell them that their English was good. It was a... Uh, I wouldn't say amazingly, but I would say, like, re- well enough so we could actually I mean, communicate with them without Amazing compared to, like, yeah. my first visit where nobody spoke Chinese, or nobody in China spoke English except for, like, the manager on duty of a five-star hotel or, you know, that sort of thing. It was uh, it's more of, like, a class thing. But now... I also think it's location, though, because the Shanghai Metro, and I've noticed a lot, the Shanghai Metro, we had a lot more success with English. Um, than we did in, in the, the south of the country, where even even hotel concierge lobby people, no one spoke a word of English. Like at the yeah. uh, at the Chamwang yeah, I guess Bing in regions hotel. where Mandarin is spoken, you find more English. But in the Canto, regions where it's Cantonese, region, yeah, Cantonese and then Mandarin, it's a little little less because still, Mandarin is still better. Language. Definitely in a better, and we met some really great people on this trip that were super helpful, and I thought everyone's English was was awesome, and that's. That seemed to be the nicest compliment you could give anyone uh, in China is that their English was good. So if someone is, you know, you're in China and someone is like really trying their hardest to speak English, like tell them that they sound good because that seems to, that you know, people seem to really appreciate, it, you know, that acknowledgement. Um, 
Let's see. Where were we? We are well, going we're to, in this, we're in a, we're in a taxi. Car. That's right. We're it's in the taxi. It's not even a taxi. We're, we're in a car. It's a fake taxi. And we're like, I don't think I was even that scared of being in there. It was just that in a taxi, you know what you're going to pay. Yeah. And the thing I read about the most is like being scalped as a Westerner in China, mm-hmm. which is it's true. Some, some, even some official taxis tried ripping us off pretty hardcore. So we were like, what if we show up at Dinosaur Park and this person is going to ask us like for a thousand yuan? That's it's such a ripoff. Yeah. So I don't know what to do. We'll jump out the car and like... We weren't really sure about that, but we got there and she charged us pretty reasonably, actually. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is like a taxi would have charged us. I don't think we overpaid for taxis at any point. Yeah, we, we took enough taxis for us to kind of really know what to expect pricing-wise, and only a few people tried ripping us off, and we would negotiate, and then we yeah. just pay half the price and be dead. So, negotiation is always the way in China, it's, especially in South China. It's very very much accepted and Rule expected is to just negotiate. The rule of thumb in. in China is that your taxi ride should cost, like, one USD a minute, I think, because yeah. we had some taxi rides that were a good two hours, three hours, but we we didn't spend. Actually, it's probably no. It was like it was like two dollars. Uh, no, it was like that's yes, because we were like we were on a, we were a, on a three hour taxi ride yeah. and we only paid sixty bucks USD. <laughs> was it really? We went to or seventy, I think six or seventy when we uh, went to from. Shabby Valley Shanghai to the Chengzhou Marriott. Remember? We paid 600 yuan. Let me calculate how much that was. Basically, taxis are a very cheap way um, to get around, especially if you don't have a lot of time. You might think that it would be We paid more- 84 USD for a three-hour taxi ride. I mean, okay. can you imagine? Okay. You can't even take it to your... Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's way yeah. less than like a dollar a minute. It's, it's like 25 cents a minute. So, yeah, taxis were pretty... As long as you find one, there was definitely spots where we couldn't find one. And there were some places... One were on the street, literally just flagging one Sometimes down, the taxi drivers and... are, like, they're... At, we had a couple of taxi drivers. Like, one dude, like, when we... Yeah, when we went to Changsou uh, from Happy Valley, he had to call his wife and let him know, let her know that he was going to be busy well, for yeah, the whole night. Whenever we were suggesting a taxi over an hour, like, oh, no, you cannot do that. You must take a train. I'm like, no... I'm going to pay for this tax because I have things to do, please. <laughs> we're going to the spark in the middle of nowhere. Please help us out. The only time we were straight up denied a taxi was when we were leaving Dinosaur Park. Because it was too close. It was too close. We're like, great. So we got a hotel in Dinosaur Park and those taxis were going to then take us over there. They were all rude. They were like, they kept telling us to go to different taxis. And they were all freaking assholes. And they were like, like hot potato with the Americans. And then eventually this other person had to go to the same Wanda Mall we had to go to. And so they allowed us to jump in with them. And I was like, thank you for that. But let's talk about Dinosaur, Dinosaur Park. Park. Dinosaur Land. So great. Dino Land. Dino- Dinosaur Land. So <laughs> there is the famous coaster, the coaster no one knows about, and then the coaster that surprises the most. Yeah. So you are going to guess that in your head right yeah. now. And the famous coaster, about the coaster no one knows about, and the biggest surprise. All right. Do you think you got it? Cool. Yeah, let's talk okay. about it. So the first coaster we wrote is obviously Dinoconda, Dinoconda. right? Because like Dinoconda. We made a beeline for there. And it's like in my top three best coasters on Once Earth. Once we got out of the car that was our taxi for the day, we walked through the dinosaur-themed uh, resort complex with like dinosaur themed shopping and a dinosaur themed hotel and made our way to the dinosaur park. The whole region actually is very dinosaur oriented because they have the largest fossil collection in the Eastern world or yeah. in the world general. Just like that, that, like the Yangtze Valley river Valley Delta is like flush with, uh, archeological, um, discoveries. In fact, um, the only known, uh, example of a feathered, Dinosaur was discovered. A fossil was discovered uh, in that region. Since the '90s, there's been like a big paleontological boom uh, in the area. Yeah, I mean, so, even the freeway stops have like are themed to dinosaurs. So like Changshou is, is honestly like the dinosaur city. But the dinosaur fascination 
permeates the whole region. So it's kind Which of fun. Which is cool. And we'll talk about the city in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about the park first. So yeah. we had heard that you can get a exit pass for some change to ride down the car without waiting in the line. Now, the person in the gift store said, go over there. And we thought that she meant go right through the exit to the station. We're like, oh, that's so nice. The thing is in for free. They get to the station, like, where's your exit pass? <laughs> We're like, um, I don't know. This person down here pointed up here and said to go here. So they're like, well, where's your WeChat? You need to buy one with WeChat. We're like, we don't have WeChat. This is the million to run in with the WeChat problem where you need to have a Chinese <laughs> everyone, bank account yeah. everyone to use WeChat. Have WeChat and or Alipay, which you need to have a Chinese bank card for. Which we didn't have, so we couldn't use our little phone apps that they wanted us to use to purchase things. We just had cash. We were the good old tourists with cash. The Chinese ride operators were so nice. Yeah, they set us down. They're like, just have a seat. We're going to dispatch this train, and I will come back to you. We're like, all right, that thanks. And so they came back, and then eventually we agreed upon just giving the guy cash, and he would use his WeChat yeah. to get us on the ride. So the ride operator accepted our cash payment, and he bought us the VIP himself, and they saved us a front row seat. Yeah, so we actually... They like they boarded the train. They didn't dispatch it, but we were figuring out the WeChat thing, yeah. and then they let us run onto it, and they gave us from row. So we're like, "Okay, that's sick." And Dinaconda, oh my god, what a beast! Fabulous. We thought it was gonna be the same as Ijanaika, and we learned it is not. Now, how much time do you have? Do you have a glass of water with you? Because we about to talk about <laughs> about Dinaconda. The, the 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 final evolution of the aerodynamics for the design. Even though it's not as tall as Ijinaika is the biggest one, but if we're talking like Pokemon here, the third evolution is it happens to be the middle. I mean, for the record, Ijinaika is a absolutely fantastic coaster in my top five or six, or even yeah. at least top ten in the world. But Dinaconda, I think Dinaconda is it. even a little bit better. There's so many little tweaks. Uh, to the design that they started with X2 and then Ijanaika expounded on a lot of these things. Uh, the biggest difference, I think, between X2 and Ijanaika being, uh, like, besides the height, was the fact that you got an extra forward flip coming off of the first Raven turn and then um, bringing, the, flip. bringing the flip total. Flip. The, is it a backward flip? Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go down, yeah. I've had a heart attack. Um, <laughs> Dinaconda has the same uh, flip configuration as Ijanaika, which is uh, five total flips, mm-hmm. five forward mm-hmm. half flips, yeah. and five reverse half flips. We spent a lot of time dissecting yeah. the flip configuration using YouTube videos. So Dinaconda does one complete flip and then like four sets of half half, half flips. Half flips. As where X2 does just two complete flips. Or like, no, yeah. there's one complete there's, flip and then two sets of half flips. Yeah. So there's more flips. Yeah. There is more um, flipping. Kind of and at first I was like, well, how can there be an odd number of flips? It doesn't make sense because it has to reset itself. But instead of looking at it as five complete flips, you look at it as ten half flips, and that's how it manages. That yeah. extra back flip towards the beginning of the ride is, is remedied by a variety, a, a, a barrage, if you will, of half back flips, front flips. Front flips, half front flips, three consecutive half front flips over the course of the ride to uh, correct itself um, so that by the back third of the ride, you're kind of in the same position, position as you would be on X2. And then you do one more front and one more back and yeah. then the break run. So we'll start with the drop. Drop is a little shorter than Yeah. but since the train is heavier and longer and it's a shorter drop, the mm-hmm. flip is much more intense. Mm-hmm. Like in Ijanaika, like the flip was a long flip. It was 250 yeah. feet tall. But on a Dynaconda, the flip was like 
Bam, like X2 back row. Like, the pacing on Dinokonda is ferocious, and the flips happen in very quick succession because it's a longer, heavier train over the course of a, of a shorter ride. And then the Raven turn is much more squat. It's very squat. It's so squat, but the entire circular. inversion, yeah. yeah, it's almost circular. The entire inversion happens before you even reach the Asian top of the and even X2s, almost. relatively speaking, are up so high, and Dinokonda's is only like two-thirds the height of the first drop. So, so it which just means that you're going through it just so fast. Through it. So it's where the pacing on X2 is just like really slow. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, fast, slow, fast, slow, yeah. fast, slow. Ijunaika, it's like, all right, we're going, we're flowing. And then Dinoconda just doesn't stop. It was just freaking terrifying. It, it just, it just did not stop. Fire. And then the double double, which is the, the full barrel roll with the full flip, you fly is through essentially so much the faster. same as Ichinaika. Again, Ichinaika's one is more stretched out; the train is smaller. So, like going through the element, it, it was fast, but it wasn't quite Danaconda, where you do the entire inversion in a matter of seconds, and you're you're just I don't even know what to say. Another like really a standout moment for the ride for us is that far turnaround over the station. The evolution of this moment on the three coasters the is one. really interesting. On X2, it's like this little fan turn. It's and kind it's of a breather. Direction. It's a moment for for people to just kind of catch their breath after what they've experienced in the first half of the ride. On Ijunaika, it's a large overbank turn, like, like, a, like a Millennium Force-style mm-hmm. overbank turn that kind of hugs the uh, station and the drop out of the station into the U-turn, yeah, into you, the lift hill. And it's tilted enough for it to be, like, intense and, like, a gracing, big swooping turn. You're like, wow, this is pretty fast. And I remember it being impressive, but also drawn out and a big moment on the right. On Dinaconda, it's it a top hat. It is such a small little top hat. It's a top hat. Oh, my God. And I it, thought I was going to break those restraints and fly out of them. And not only the lake. It was, is it, was it terrifying. much tighter and much more of, like, a tongue shape. But it it, it, is, it, is it hops a top head. Yeah. over the lift hill and over the brake run. It does not extend out to the uh, to so the even though it hugs everything very tightly, it doesn't clear the ride's midfield. It literally nope. just like crosses the midfield. It hops over the lift hill, which is insane. So you just go up straight to the sky and then you dive straight back down. The clearances are terrifying. Are just and it was something. It went so <gasps> it's it, this, this moment on the ride on this on the general. 4D layout went from being the breather moment on X2 to being the highlight of the ride, of the ride <laughs> I on Anaconda. Oh my god, that was definitely the craziest part of the entire ride. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna die. Because we were first, we went for a road yeah. first ride, so we were like, oh my god, this is so fast. I don't remember each of that could be like this because we hadn't done enough research to like, realize you know, the first they were. kind of feels like X2. First couple of inversions reminded us of Ijunaika, and then we got we're to that like part where it hops over the lift hill. But we then like, it has oh, that, yeah, <laughs> it has that, yeah, overbank we top head. And, and then the rest of the ride continues a kind of a similar way to Ijunaika, although um, difference is the brake run really yeah. well. So we'll go into the brake run, Ijunaika and Dinokonda's last inversion face opposite directions, right. even though they make the same backward flip. Mm-hmm. But then the brake run on Ijunaika is a lot more flat and drawn out because Ijunaika station is. A little, you know, it, it's, it's just a longer, elevated. it's just a longer brake run configuration, and you tilt down. So on Ijunaika, you come into the brake run, you get thrown down, yeah. and you look at the you catwalk. You come into the brake run face first, scraping your forehead on the catwalk, basically, which is kind of, which was really <laughs> sick. That was like, that was really good. And even though I was sad that I wasn't a part of Dinaconda, Dinaconda's lift hill, I mean, Dinaconda's brake run starts up so high, and for some goddamn reason, the actual brakes aren't until the very end of it. So you go through, the, you are going over these catwalks. 
going backwards, flying down this slope at such a speed, you're it's like, basic, it's a fake out. Was, yeah, it was, it was like, there's, basically, there's catwalks all the way up, uh, and they're like three times as long as the actual brake run, these brake run catwalks. So you're flying through the catwalks. You're like halfway through the catwalks. And you're still going. Going full speed. And you're like, this is it. This is how we die. Because the <laughs> brakes have failed. And the magnetic brakes. And then like, the brakes kick in at the last second. It almost sounded like being on one of those intimate drop towers where it's just like the, yeah. like yeah. the quick yeah. you're, you're just, magnetic you're just barreling down on it. And then suddenly you're at a stop. And you're, you're like, stop, and what you're the like, fuck is wow. happening? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that ride was just absolutely phenomenal. Now, believe it or not, twice. Yeah, we did ride twice. The second the queue time was amazing. The too. second time we waited in standby, we waited like forty-five minutes. The queue is in the infield. It has it's benches, gorgeous, covered in trees. The ride's actually in a forest. Believe it or not, X two is like on half a hill in concrete and grass. Ijanaika is a concrete parking lot. Parking lot. <laughs> and then Dinaconda is in a man-made forest. And it's funny because it's the newest one, and when it was built, it was best aesthetic, grassy. by far. And, best and now, and now it's it's beautiful. Yeah, and the queue has great benches, aesthetic. and it's all covered. It's and a great color You can scheme. see the ride go by. It was the best product. Of it has all a great of them. marquee with that big tree with the giant freaking snake in it that gives me nightmares. Yeah, so not only is the whole product, not only is the ride experience better, and like you know, ev- 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 but the presentation, whatever the word is, is the superior the presentation. presentation. It's, it's, yeah. The only thing that's missing is, you know, the gorgeous views of Viper from the overflow queue on X2, but, you know, trees and, and shade and benches um, and Chinese Chinese people to talk to in the queue and smoke cigarettes with in front of the no smoking signs, you know, has its own Well, a staff member well, walks, staff walks member by. Walks by. Um, now, one thing that I want to say is that this was actually not the biggest surprise of the park. The biggest surprise... Of the, okay, well, actually, before we get to the surprise, let's talk about the coaster that nobody talks about. So the coaster we talks about is a wild mouse of Golden Horse that has restraints of a B&M, vehicles of an intimate, intimate. spinning coaster, and has an inversion. Yeah, it's so it it's, is, it's like equal parts Gershlauer ripoff, Intamin, like Tornado back in the exact look and color of the back in tornado vehicles and the B&M harnesses. Oh, that's a good ride. So a three-way rip-off from Golden Horse. Great ride. It's I mean, a, it wasn't spinning much, which I guess yeah, is what I liked. Which it is wasn't great. super comfortable, but the inversion was great. Roll was fun. Um, it, the capacity was great. They were dispatching. And even it's just, though it's it's just too, called Super Roller Coaster. And it was, it was pretty like, super, I'm not going to lie. It was so super. <laughs> was and Golden Horse is having a good time with this, this product. Because they already have eight of they've them, They've sold right? eight in three years. So And the new area of the park. So this is actually kind of great about the theme park. Everything is dinosaur-themed, but it's not but like different Jurassic Park. sub-themes. So Dinaconda is like, obviously, in the forest. It's actually themed to dinosaur snakes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> which is sick, right? My Dinaconda don't. And then <laughs> there's the new area, which is, I don't even know what it's called. It's, uh, uh, the vibe that I got was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like dinosaurs. 90s, teenage hip hop, kind of mutant, teenage dinosaurs. mutant ninja dinosaurs. There. there you go. I mean, if anybody's ever been to Wallaby Holland, like yes. we love it's Wallaby like Holland, Ravity, and we're like, oh, it's like dinosaurs. the Wallaby Holland section of the park where everything is like. Brick City blocks, and, you know, uh, taken over crates, by graffiti, graffiti. Uh, and just it just Arts funny and, and goofy and like shipping it containers. Really it was such a, it was such a great area. And the funny thing is, it's dinosaur themed. Even though yeah, left the dinosaurs out, it would have been such, such a great area. Yeah. But every single area has a different theme, and they just put dinosaurs in it. So yeah, it's, it's so nineties urban like hip hop dinosaurs. Uh, seriously, we loved it so much. With several flat rides. For a second, we were like, this is the greatest part dinosaur themed. Like, they had a Zamperla, like a real Zamperla disco that had dinosaur motorcycle themed seats. 
Yep. <laughs> As one of the centerpieces. Um, and speaking of Semperlo with, my, with um, giant, was with dinosaur themed seats, the surprise. The surprise coaster is dinosaur, dinosaur mountain. mountain. No space mountain. No big thinner mountain. No splash mountain. This was actually dinosaur the park's mountain. first roller coaster. It opened like a year before Dinaconda, and um, all we knew was that it was a coaster and that it was years, in a yeah, pretty years, large yeah. show building. And uh, we waited for it. And it, aside from the wait being fairly tedious, uh, the ride's a knockout. It is a Zamperla. Actually, if you don't want spoilers, cover your ears for, like, a few minutes. It's a Zamperla motorbike coaster with a lift hill. A tire-driven lift hill and a 70-foot drop. Long vehicles, 12-core trains, where you are seated just like, just like Point Express and all the other Zamperla ones. And on raptors, of course. On raptors, which is great. Like, or pterodactyls, whatever they are. What's the raptors? They're raptors. Okay. And so you turn a corner... And you are in a volcano or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden you see alarms going off, and then you enter lift hill, and there's a starry, starry sky above you, and you are on the back of a giant dinosaur skeleton going up the lift hill, which is kind of sick. And then the ride layout, what a fucking knockout. The G-forces, the pacing, Insane. the scenery was the amazing. The effects. I mean, so it has a big swooping turn, really sharp turn towards the ground, and this has helices everywhere. The pacing is unlike any Zebra you know reminds me of. It's like if I three hundred five. Yeah, imagine I three hundred five Seriously, but like in the best way. I know that's the weirdest composite imaginable. You know, the line was horrible, but we, we actually twice. waited twice. A terrible freaking queue. We almost yeah. passed out because of hot inside. Yeah, waited for a queue twice because the ride was so unique, yeah. so phenomenal. Um, we left there thing like. You know, this is probably the biggest rise of the trip so far at that point. Yeah. It was spark number five, mm-hmm. four or five. It was, yeah, number even, one, it was between a third five. ride on Dinaconda, which, mind you, was in our top five global by that point. It was between a third ride on Dinaconda and a second ride on Dinosaur Mountain. And we, we drove Dinosaur, Dinosaur Mountain, Mountain again, again. Because it was so good. It was just so unique. So different. And it's just really, really fun. And the park is home to a lot more areas. They just opened a um, studio tour-ish ride. That is themed to like a um, dinosaur safari, like a dinosaur safari, a Kilimanjaro safari, but with audio animatronic dinosaurs. Then they have a children's area that's much like Dr. Seuss, mm-hmm. but actually well maintained, and all yeah. themed to little dinosaur characters. Yeah. Then they have the actual museum, which is also home to a giant log flume that's like Jurassic Parkish mm-hmm. kind of ride. The log flume queue was actually longer than Dinaconda; it was over an hour, yeah, so we bad. we opted out. But next time, we there's a pretty decent POV of that flume on YouTube. Um, so we kind of saw what, we, and and then um, they also have a water park, water park with, with a giant, uh, with a weird like Intamin shoot the shoot thing. No, it's, it's like a giant the, uh, elevator. Lift. Yeah, like a giant pilgrim's plunge looking thing, except with like big like sixteen passenger boats. And then they had a SNS drop tower that had sixteen passenger vehicles, like yeah. roller coaster Grand three. Yeah, and that was actually a pretty fun ride. Mm-hmm. They have and some more attractions that we didn't get to experience. The park has a lot of rides. Um, in their Jurassic Dark Parky rides. looking area, they had um, a rare example of a Huss King Kong ride. Yeah, Bobby Allen. Of course, one. beautifully, beautifully integrated with this whole like very King Kong meets Godzilla Skull Island feel to it. So like, bravo to them. Like they, this park is very flat ride centric. They've got their three coasters and their flume rides, but it's flat rides everywhere. But all of them. Are themed. very integrated. And I think the greatest thing about this park overall, not only do they have fantastic roller coasters, surely, but I think the greatest thing is that they had all these different themes that I never ever associated with dinosaurs, and they freaking made it work. They made it work. There's like a 
port of entry, kind of like Iowa, but a little more original. With dinosaurs just yep, living in like there. Mediterranean and like Mediterranean Mediterranean dinosaur world. The hotel has like a Victorian aesthetic, like With a dinosaurs. turn of the century, but it's dinosaurs. And Everything is dinosaurs. Yes. It was such a great, great time. It was it was a big surprise, a bargo overall, and Dinaconda beats the piss out of everything. Yeah, Dinaconda was really the <laughs> icing on a great cake. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't like Joyland where we went we got we we came, we got the coasters and we left. Like Dinosaur Land was a place I would go and spend the whole day there comfortably. And you know what? Changzhou, the city itself, because it's, it is in the city of Changzhou, which is only, again, an hour train ride, three-hour drive by car From outside Shanghai. of Shanghai. Yeah. And it is such a marvelous city. Shanghai has a flashiness. It's very Western in a way because mm-hmm. all, you know, it's where all the internationals go. But then we went to Changzhou, which is an equally nice city, if not nicer. We've got five and a half million people in their metro, so it's a big city. It's, it's, but it's just it's, all Chinese people. It is not, yeah. it is not that Western hub that... You know, sometimes when you go to a different country, you kind of want to escape having that. Yeah, it's convenient to be in Shanghai where everyone speaks English, but you kind of want to be in a place where people don't speak English. Like out of your comfort zone. And where people actually live and yeah. have a life. Like normal, you know, people or average, average, average class. And so it was great. We went to the mall a couple times. There was a Walmart there. It we was, had dinner at Pizza Hut several times, actually, because... We went to the little market that was called Everyday Market. Everyday Market. Every yeah. logo. Every market. It must have been a ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> we went to Starbucks a, b- a bunch. And there was like just kids like learning to roller skate in the plaza, and there was people playing basketball. It was so. Yeah, there was like dance. Oh, I was like, okay, I'm going to move here. It was a great. It sounds great. There was like a really nice communal feeling to this area. Exactly opposite of what people try to tell you about China. Yeah. And don't want to sound all like North Korean here. Everyone's like, out there. Like, everyone's like, when we were there. That every night that we were there, we went to Wanda for Pizza Hut because Sean's a vegetarian, and uh, as much as we would like to, you know, sample and believe in the uh, local, authentic Chinese cuisine, a lot of it isn't actually very safe to eat, um, especially if you're not used to uh, the uh, the ingredients and the local parasites and uh, little buggies that are in all of this food. Yeah, so. you can imagine that almost every single store, even if it has a nice aesthetic, smells like animal intestines. <laughs> um, because it's just, the hygiene is not necessarily there. And a lot of quality of the buildings isn't there. So combine those two when actually buildings that are five years old smell like 20-year-old buildings that have been in a while. So, yeah. um, so we ate, we ate a lot of Pizza, Pizza Hut and McDonald's <laughs> because it's safe and it's good and it's vegetarian. And we walked so much on our yeah. trip that we actually didn't get any away from that. So that was good. But yeah, that was a great city. So let me tell you, if you ever go out, we know of people and friends and other tourists that have gone to Shanghai and have just made day trips to Chengzhou for the parks. I highly advise you do not do so. There is one Hilton. There's one Radisson. There's one Marriott in this city of 5.5 million people. And if you prefer to stay in a brand that is more familiar to the U.S. market or the European market, those are great hotels to stay at. Um, but do yourself a favor and spend a day or two in that city because yeah. you you fall in love. We you'll be freaking glad. You'll love be glad that city. It was yeah. so amazing. We want to go there definitely yep. again. I want to live there. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Um, All right. Um, next park is actually Wuxi, 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 which is close to the Wuxi University. They are also building a giant marine park in that region that has two killer whales. So it, it's an up and coming region. But Wuxi Sunak Land was a pleasant surprise. It was a nice park. We. There's another – pretty much every park we went to, there was like a major roller coaster that we was the focus. Um, and then more often than not, we were actually pleasantly surprised by things the rest other of the than the coaster. 
Um, Falcon, the giant uh, blue B&M wing coaster that intertwines with the Before central that, I actually want to say one thing real quick about that park. Oh, do you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, you. So, Sunak may not be a name you're familiar with, but the name Wanda is something you may be familiar with. So, all these theme parks in China were like Wanda theme parks. Wanda, theme bar- Wanda is also the company that has all the giant malls. The movie company, theaters, yeah, movie theaters, all that kind of parks. stuff. They just didn't do so well. So a Sunak holding China company took over all the entertainment, most entertainment. They took over the theme park departments and some of their snow yeah, parks. Yeah, they took like half stuff. of Wanda's parks. Yeah, so that's why there's Sunak. all these parks that are under construction or that are or that were Honda Wanda parks like Wanda Hi-Fi. Mm-hmm. That's now Sunak Hi-Fi. Yeah. So that the giant yellow Intamin shuttle coaster that's actually now Sunak. Battle Park. of Jungle King, the double tilt coaster from Golden Horse. It's that's Sunak also now. Sunak now. So you got to so the reason that Sunak is not a familiar word is because it actually comes from a holding company that's somewhat famous in China for res- resurrecting things, and so that's why the park is called so, Sunak. Yeah, all the Sunak parks have only been Sunak parks for like six months. Yep. And, and all the new ones Sunak have this. Wuchi had a name change before the park even opened. And so the Wanda Parks, slash Shunak Parks, have this thing where their entrance or their style of the park is actually very dependent on the region, which is why I may be familiar with the Heritage or Oriental Heritage Oriental Parks. Oriental Heritage. They're part of the same chain. Mm-hmm. And they are actually parks that are the same chain or the Fanta Wild? Ooh, now it's not a wonder. Uh, it's, all, it's all Greek to me, man. All right. Well, they may not be same, part of the same chain, but either way, kind of like the Oriental it's Heritage similar. Parks. Yeah, it's that. The uh, Shunak Parks and Wanda Parks all have... Theming like themes and architecture to the region. So mm-hmm. Wuji's was very much East China, very much what you would know from the Suzu region, which is white white Phoenician like canal canals, black roofs, yeah, lots of water, lots of water. It was the entrance was spectacular. Like the signature ride at Wuji Sunak is actually not any of the roller coasters. It's their incredible pirate themed Spider Man style dark ride. Which is one of the, the most final incredible sea final sea battle. <sighs> Damn. Um, and, you know, having a whole pirate area of this park ties in to uh, the fact that they're on the River Delta. Whereas, like, Guangzhou Sunak um, doesn't have a pirate area because they're landlocked uh, in North Guangzhou. Though, uh, it was still very much themed to uh, some of the older, mm-hmm. like, you know, because um, Guangzhou was very close to Hong Kong, and it was always it was always the major trade port, so it's very much themed to a port versus, like, being on the open ocean. It was more right. of, like, a trade port. So everything there is themed to, like, the trade port. But, yeah, the uh, the theming of, of Wuzi, or Wuchi. Totally different. It's totally different, which is funny, because we, we prefer the Wuchi one, but now I understand all these parks are literally catered to their local heritage. Mm-hmm. Having said that, the moment you come into the park, it's beautiful, and then you walk up to the middle lagoon, and right in front of you is that infamous giant 199.5 foot tall blue... 197. Crap. 197.5. <laughs> so it's two and a half feet, feet away from being a hyper Still taller than <laughs> Apollo's Chariot. It may not have a 200 foot drop, but it's, it's, you know, it has a bigger, it has a taller drop than a... Uh, Goliath at Six Flags Over Georgia, and it's taller in height from the ground than yep. uh, than Apollo's Chariot. So it, it's almost a hyper coaster, um, and we call it Chinese Gatekeeper because it's very Gatekeeper like in its aesthetic and its presence is kind of like the centerpiece, the the um, the gargoyle of sorts uh, overseeing the park. And we liked the coaster a lot. Um, unfortunately, like Wuchi, like the Sunak parks, feel a little rushed. 
because they are, and you know, a lot of them. I mean, this one had just opened in June. The Guangzhou one. It is much like the rest of China, where from a distance you're like, "Wow, it's the greatest thing ever built." Loose, so clean, so modern, so aesthetic. But then, of course, like, okay, black mold everywhere. Okay, there's walls falling apart. Oh, okay, this is not covered up. There's, you know, so the park was very so, much like Falcon that. is really good at its core, but like the mountain is a mess. There was the a bunch of like a mess. leftover construction supplies and stuff, like in the little tunnels in the mountain and stuff. The queue is nothing more than an entry to a metro, Super like a ugly, tunnel. Yeah. It's really ugly. That was a great ride, but the I ride think was right. The ride was great. But I have a feeling that given the social media trends we've seen over the last year, it was like going to be DB all and end all. Yeah. Uh, wing coaster, and I'll be honest with you guys, it doesn't even rank in my top five wings. It wasn't even our favorite coaster at the park. It wasn't even our favorite coaster at the park. And uh, for those of you wondering, like we really like Gatekeeper better. And a lot of people don't like Gatekeeper. We, we, love to, Ga- we stand Gatekeeper. I'm honestly a wing coaster nerd. I we love wing coasters. We love Gatekeeper. It's in our Cedar Point top five. Um, so take that for what you will when we say that we like Gatekeeper better than Falcon. Your mileage may vary. Uh, we know other people who've ridden Falcon that the problem with Falcon. The problem with Falcon is that, okay, so they had – the ride feels like it's split up in two. They had this great mountain. They had this great idea of making this ride the center of the park. And they did a good job with that. So the moment you get to the second half of the ride, there are some unique elements and you interact with the rocks and it's all fantastic. But this ride is also built to be the tallest wind coast in the world. And the first half of the ride is just giant elements that we've seen on every other damn B&M coaster. And they just don't feel special. There's no landscaping. It's just a boring B&M. And then you get to the second half, and all of a sudden you run out of gas really quick. really quick. And I feel like the ride is not long enough for the amount of buildup and the length and the height. I just think it's it it has underwhelming. A, it has a really good moment. It, there's a there's a camelback hump that goes over the mountain and then a fan turn over the water. Which is good. And, and then, then it does like this trick track S swoopy thing through, through the, the rock. Through the rock and up into the mid course. That That's the best is part. the best moment of the ride. It's but, forceful, it's fast. The moment you get to the mid course, you just take one drop, there's the slow you turn. Down. You do the slow And you're already in a break run. The slow barrel roll thing and then the ride's over. So So you have all this height that's much yeah. taller by like twenty three feet mm-hmm. taller than um, Gatekeeper, but it does half the things Gatekeeper does. And yeah, Gatekeeper may seem very conventional and open in the field, but it does what it does pretty well. And I think that whatever the Wuchi Falcon Winkos looked like, it didn't quite live up to what it looked like, in my opinion. The uh, so Let's see. So after we rode Falcon, we rode the amazing composite, like, Whitewater West-style rapid raft slide, which is like... Four Whitewater West rapid slides connected to each other in one full circuit ride with like little rapids ride style flumes um, connecting them. And, and for those of us who follow, for, for those of you who follow us on Instagram, like we posted a POV of the entire ride, yeah, um, just because it was so unique and fun. And it was, it was really amazing. Um, I, I hope to see something like this in the U.S. because it is just so unusual. It's like, it's like waiting in line for one ride and you get like four water slides and a river rapids ride uh all all tucked into one um so that was a really neat uh experience and then uh we went to a wing of the park that opened just a few weeks before our visit the um steam factory area of the park is that what it was called uh factory well no it was was dream factory dream coaster well steam steam racer was the coaster well, Dream Factory, and then Factory. Is and the, I thought it was just called Factory Coaster. No, that's the product name. Dream okay. Coaster's name. Dream, okay. What was the area of the Dream park? Factory? What was the area of the park called? 
I don't remember. The steam, it's like, this is a steam, it's know, steampunk. steampunk. It's in this area park. It's super cool. It's very industrial. Um, it was actually really, really great. So we got there. We didn't see Steam Racer open, or what we call it, Steam Roller. <laughs> and then we walked to the entrance, and they just opened it. So we're like, all right, let's run, you know? So we ran through the queue, and we got on the train. We we're the first public train out. And then we realized, after we got off, we tried riding a second time, that there was insane wind coming in. And so they had to close the ride. So we were on the, what we thought the only dispatch of the day. So about six hours later, when they actually opened it again for a couple hours. But that was really great. It was actually my first Blue Fire clone. Alex had been on actual Blue Fire. Mm-hmm. And I loved the ride. The layout was great. The launch was pretty solid. The theme was unique, which I liked. You're getting shot out of a cannon. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the elements are great. So the, the color scheme is awesome. It is a orange train, which I like. And then <laughs> the loop is great. The inversions are pretty good. And the then the final roll. inversion is about murder shoot. The barrel roll is amazing because it has airtime in the – it's not like hang time. They're called actually, the blue fireball, right? Yeah. It yeah, actually yeah. like fires you out of your seat. Yeah. It's really, blue fire blue show. fires you. Yeah. So even though it doesn't have like all the scenery that the um, – that the one at uh, Europa Park has, it's a fabulous ride on, in a better product. Believe it or not, we liked the production model coaster at the park better than the custom terrain B&M wing coaster. Um, but that's just a, you know, a testament to what Mac has in that product. And unlike the Falcon, the theming was cohesive, the queue was beautiful, the exit was awesome. They, there's Everything a about water it feature that runs all the way down the length of the launch track and it synchronizes with the ride. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, that whole area of the park was really strong. We have friends who went... Um, when Falcon was open, um, they missed, uh, the steamroller coaster by a month or two. And then, uh, the Zamperla factory coaster, which is, um, from our understanding, it's Zamperla's answer to the, uh, escape from Gringotts, uh, style roller coaster that we were about a month early, uh, for that. Coaster. Yeah. RCDB <laughs> had stated it open, but it was not because they were still yeah. painting and there was still Zamperla guys yeah. walking inside the building. So they were still, they were, they were still finishing. They were very Italian it. looking individuals but it's walking around the park. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like, oh, so they're still here. They're still working on it. Um, it did finally open. Um, I, I hope we can find like a POV of it or something. I'm excited. Well, we'll probably go back to ride I hope it's point. a successful product line for them. I hope they build one in the U.S. because I want to ride it. Um, but yeah, so before we move on from um, Sunak Wuchi, uh, Final Sea Battle, oh my gosh, so incredible. I would Disney say it's better slash, than Disney Universal yeah, Dark Ride. Disney Universal level uh, Dark Ride experience using Spider-Man style ride system, 3D glasses, uh, lots of different scenes, both physical and animated. And um, long. And it was long. long. Like, it was about twice the length of Transformers. Totally amazing. Yeah, that was probably had, the biggest had the of the same part. presence as Pirates in Shanghai, uh, Shanghai Disney, but a very obviously a very different kind of ride. It was a lot of fun. Um, and the other big surprise I think for us for that park um, was the parade that they with had a, with all these students from <laughs> the Russia. The parade was super cool. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty funny. Like I guess Shanghai Disney's parade is kind of a non-starter. Like it's 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 got some nice floats, but it's really short. Yeah, it's actually themed to a train. Which is cute, because Shanghai Disney does not have a train. It's the only Disney resort that lacks an actual Disneyland Railroad. So they're Disneyland. Yeah. Funny. It was, it was closed when we went, uh, because they're working on... Um, oh, they're man, working man, on man, the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, Shanghai, and Shanghai Disney has the train station, you know, like all the other parks, but there's no actual train. 
it's the parade. So that's their that's their Disneyland Railroad is is the parade. Really cute theme, but you know it's not as far as Disney parades go. It's 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 short. I just don't think this parade's that great. It's not that much. It's all about the IP. Well, Paint the Night is amazing. Come on, you loved Paint the Night. Paint the Night. That's one of the uh, we okay. saw we yeah. saw Paint the Night at Hong Kong and you or no. Which one did we see? We saw the daytime parade at Hong Kong and it had all the show stops. Okay, I love like the one at Hong Kong because it is show stops. Show stops. You could actually stop because no one's with Hong Kong Disney. So you could actually stop your parade and like dance around with all the people in yeah. the midway because there's only five of them. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really fantastic. Yeah. A lot of parks that don't do that. So that's yeah. why I don't like the other ones. And I, you know, we love Main Street Electrical Parade. And yeah, okay. That yeah, kind I do of like stuff. Parade. As far as daytime parades go, though, this the Wuchi Sunak parade was better than any daytime Disney parade that I've seen. And it was long, and it was detailed, and all these different themed areas in the park, including the children areas and stuff, were all represented. Yeah. And the park's polished, even though getting up close, some of the some of the finishing wasn't as great. And we ended up walking into a, a, an abandoned cafe, sixteen flights upstairs that we really should have oh, yeah. had, which is in our update. Go go read yeah. it. But overall, the park was really really impressive, yeah. and we really enjoyed it. There was a mall next to it. There was a yeah, student mall. Yeah, we went mall to the, and the yeah formerly a Wanda water, Mall. It has, <laughs> has a theme park inside of it as well, like mm-hmm. in a, a marine and park an aquarium, and, a, and yeah, a snow park and a water park. It was neat. So that was really great. Um, and again, all these parks are actually really close, guys. So don't forget, you can go to Changzhou, and it's only an hour taxi ride to Sunak Land Wuchi. Dinosaur Land is right there, and then Joyland's only less less than an hour away, maybe forty five minutes. And so this this whole region of the the, the greater Shanghai and Suzhou metro mm-hmm. has all these great parks pretty easily really go, close yeah to very very convenient to get to most parks have taxi stands there's a taxi stand for dinosaur the taxi stand for Wuzi Sunak there's a taxi stand obviously for Happy Valley Shanghai and Shanghai Disney so even with taxis if you just want to go from point A to be quick for an actually really decent price for for Western standards. This, uh, these parks are really, really approachable. So don't, that, don't, don't be afraid to actually scope out a way to get there. Shoot us a message. We'll help you out. Um, but just in case you do plan a China trip, it is actually much more approachable than you may think, yeah. I would say. And speaking of approachable, the HB World Park is actually running to the freeway. We saw it on the way mm-hmm. over to Chengzhu. We saw it. We're like driving We weren't by. even sure if this park like was real. <laughs> and then we saw it from the highway, and we're like, oh, there it is. And we're like, this is massive. There's this like all great. these flats and all these... Apartment buildings and this giant statue of HB like World sticks out foot, right over it. Like a 300-foot Buddhist, like, demigod creature uh, overlooking the incredible uh, Forbidden City-ish style It's, it's called something else in the park. Bit, but yeah. HB World is really special because so, it's, it's like, it's themed areas first and everything else second. You know, they've got a wing coaster, they've got some other great rides, but... Theming and being immaculate on like a production level is their whole gig. So I'll give you a little background awesome. is that Hayui Brothers is a famous Chinese production company. It is the biggest Chinese movie and media production company. They're based in Beijing. Oh no, Chengdu, I think. With studios in Beijing. I'm not sure. Anyways, they figured I figured that China Disney yeah. was coming to um, to Shanghai, they're like, hey, we're going to build in the same metro. We're going to build our movie park there. And what is so unique about Ahiwi Brothers is that the themes are typically Chinese because it's all, you know, Chinese movies about Chinese wars, civil wars, that kind of stuff. And so when you go there, it's almost like a Chinese culture credit because everything you experience there is what, like, relates to the Chinese, well, Chinese culture and history, I guess. But what the park focused on most was immersing you in the areas. 
even though this park had budget and a lot of money, the dog rides were pretty low quality. The actual attractions inside were, were fun, but they were nowhere near as good as some other rides we've ridden. Yeah, they the had, actual theme um, barriers was so impressive. They had a, a full-scale like Indiana Jones-sized dark ride, but it was all VR. So you so were physically empty. you're physically going through this giant warehouse uh, in like a Jeep, but it was all VR and it was, you know, PlayStation 2 graphics like yeah. you've come to expect from Six Flags. So that was kind of a head scratcher. They had a uh, a ride that was kind of like Toy Story Mania where you shot a crossbow, but it was again, it was kind of clunky. It was not it's like the um, first Wii game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like a 2007 era Wii game. Um Inside the uh, incredible full-scale Imperial Temple with the 300-foot statue behind it was uh, an indoor boat ride, shoot-the-shoot type thing, which was well-meaning, but... Again, it fell short. Execution just wasn't quite there. There was a rip-off spinner. It was actually yeah. really fun. It was the spinning coaster the flaming was really beetles. Flaming beetles. And it had a really nice uh, like curb appeal. Like it was in this, it was in its own little courtyard to the right of the Imperial Palace. With a beautiful queue and a garden. And stunning. And the ride was really fun. And it's actually a pretty tall ride, a pretty big ride, yeah. but it's dwarfed, dwarfed by the giant areas of this park. Mm-hmm. And this park, again, is they built not just studios, but they made everything life-size. Yeah. It was instead incredible of like four, instead of there. Instead of using four... This is the biggest difference between this park and, and any other, other park parks, in the world. Yeah. Is that instead of using forced perspective, they everything is actual the right size. size. So you cross over this giant bridge <laughs> to go into like that giant temple castle thing, and you're just... Stand there, you're like, is this really this big? You're like, you walk in, and it's just you feel people everywhere, but it's yeah. so small. This is such a you feel massive, like you're actually at a cultural monument and not a theme park because everything was to scale. And so it, it was the budget just went there. The budget went to building everything to scale, and it's so impressive because walking around there and the rides themselves, besides the wind coaster, really weren't that great. But the areas that there, it's just stunning. Just walking around there, you get a really great appreciation for what that movie company does, and I don't think they're Knowledge of theme parks is great enough for them to run it, you know, to make spectacular attractions, like rides. But they sure as hell knew how to make spectacular sets. It was like, beautiful. The, the park's around. been open like a year now, so I think they're getting their they're getting their sea legs. There are people there. They, as far as coasters go, um, they made a, a really good. They they have a kitty coaster that is a clone. It's it's a golden horse clone of the Woody Woodpecker Nuthouse uh, variant of a Vacoma roller skater. So. It has an additional brake run with a transfer for two train operations, even though this is China, and they would never, ever run two trains well, on anything. Well, that's actually got popular, because all the trains were actually operational. Yeah, I guess that's true. They were working on the, the second train for Wings of Glory, which was the um, like turn-of-the-century Shanghai-themed uh, ride, which... Into a flying machine. Area. Yeah, it's themed to, like, very, like, Chinese, like, Wright Brothers, kind of, like, the golden era of, of manned flight... Um, really great ride. It was like so much less impressive looking than Falcon at Luchi Sunak, which we wrote the day before. And yet, uh, I think this one might be the better product. I think so too. Um, the thing is that the Luchi wing only had three inversions, which I'm not saying I'm an inversion whore, but uh, it only had three inversions. As where the Production model kind of wind coaster had longer trains, had six inversions, but every inversion was different. It had a little vertical loop. It had everything it did was just great. It was very compact. It was very intense. It felt like the new Batman clone, really. And I really hope to see this model pop up yeah. somewhere in the U.S. because it can fit in any any regional park. 
And, but the ride layout is fantastic. These it reminded me of like X Flight a little bit. Like it was compact. It was very much like an entry level kind of thing where you're like, what can we show people that this ride system can do in like the shortest amount of time? That's the only thing that the ride was really missing was like a keyhole moment. But it does have this cool like it, it does the the gatekeeper drop, you know, with the with the dive or like X Flight. It goes right into a vertical loop, and the vertical loop has a support beam that Stick threads through it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so the clearances on that are kind of fun. It's got three different kinds of rolls: uh, a zero g roll, a barrel roll, and a corkscrew. Uh, the corkscrew is great because the corkscrew is small. Corkscrew so unlike, is tight. Unlike Wild Eagle, where the corkscrew feels like just Drawn a large out, element, yeah. and the corkscrew is just tight, so you get whipped around it pretty quick. It goes sick. And it has a, a part. It has an Immelman that's like close to an inversion. It reminded me a lot of uh, the half Immelman on Black Doesn't Mamba, it actually. It doesn't completely, completely invert you. Well, neither does the uh, incline loops on the stand-ups. It was right. about this much. Yeah. So it was over 135. Yeah. So, Not an Immelman in like the traditional sense. Yeah, it wasn't like a vertical Immelman, uh, but it was, it was a slanted Immelman. That's but for it sure. was, it, again, a great moment. The ride had really good pacing. It was, it was a lot better than I thought it would be based on how it looked. It has, a, it has a helix at the end, like a full helix. And instead of doing the slow roll, it kind of like goes into a zero G roll, but I finish it as a roll that becomes roll, a helix. So like it yeah. does all these little things to connect these pieces. And yeah. I thought it was actually a really genius layout. And we wrote it, a couple, we wrote yeah. it back and forth yeah. on both sides. And oh, I would say fact, we liked it so much better than I we liked the, the one the day before. This is actually a clone of a an, wing an open coaster <laughs> that was built at a theme park resort called Hot Go. Hot Go Dream World. Um, has been under construction for three or four years now, and they have two complete B&M coasters, a B&M Hyper that kind of looks like Shambhala, and this wing coaster. The track work and stuff has been complete since 2017. No one seems to know, at least on our end, uh, what the delay is. Um, But for whatever reason, this amusement park has not opened yet with their complete B&Ms. Nevertheless, uh, HB World ordered a clone of this hot go uh wing coaster layout so even though it's the second uh, first clone it's a clone of a wing coaster that hasn't opened yet so it's the first of its kind that's open even though there's a clone of it elsewhere in china um so like on rollercoaster database it's listed as a, a hot go as the uh the model type even though the it's hot kind go like the one the Cobra, right? yeah where the one in Mexico was built, was, yeah. was manufactured first, but opened after the Bellaguarda one, one, which one. was built yeah. second, but opened yeah. first. Yeah, same kind of thing. So, Hot Go Wing Coaster number one has been complete for two years. Future is uncertain, but Hot Go Wing number two is open for business at uh, HB World. And that's what HB World is that it's located much closer to Shanghai Airport, mm-hmm. sir. So if you want to do the part of a day trip, we yep. combine it with doing a whole day in downtown Shanghai. HB afterwards. World is like exactly halfway between downtown Shanghai and, and downtown uh, downtown uh, <laughs> Changzhou. Yeah, and then like Wuchi, Suzu, is, yeah. Wuchi is halfway between Suzhou and Changzhou. So you can really just do like a line of parks and yep. work your way up all the way to Nanjing if you want because there's parks everywhere. It gives me like LA County vibes, but on a much 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 bigger population level. But spatially, it's kind it's of like how you, it's kind of how you take the five, yeah. and like on the five, you hit Magic Mountain, and then you hit University of Hollywood, and then you mm-hmm. hit Disneyland. Yeah. They, they hit not very far, and they hit yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. Then you hit uh, Legoland. Yeah. They hit SeaWorld. Like, everything's on the five. So yeah, if you think of you know? like if you started in Santa Barbara and worked your way down to the Mexican border, that's kind of the size scope of this entire eastern China region that we visited with all these incredible theme parks. 
um, including your Disney park, your Amazing Studios park, and a variety of roller coaster parks. Um, so after we finished it up at HB World, we had our night in downtown Shanghai, which was super fun. Uh, they have, among other things, the Oriental Pearl Tower, which has um, a 1,000 foot glass floor observation deck, uh, lots of other roller coaster activities, inside, which and you a, a Bacoma, a Bacoma but... roller skater. Um, of course, the Bund, you need to go yeah. check out the Bund. There's Nanjing East Road, which yeah. has a bunch of different attractions it's on like it. It's like their, their uh, Times like, Square. Um, so we love downtown yeah. Shanghai. Don't we get me wrong when I said Shanghai. earlier that we like Shanghai so much. It was not as Western. Shanghai is so spectacular. Yep. It's so much fun to hang out in Shanghai. Uh, so we did that for the evening. And yep. then the next morning, we went to Haichang Ocean Park, brand new for 2018. They are an amusement park that are actually it's actually designed by a U.S. company, Legacy GCC, which is going to be the app this year too. It's an upcoming um, design company from the U.S., kind of like Jura Fishing in Europe. They just kind of design the sets uh, and the layout of the park. So they designed that park. However, the materials. Yeah, but we'll get that in a second. The so park, what we did is we we took the metro over. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an outskirts. The park is not that close to anything. Yeah. really. it's like right below the, the Atlantic Shore for Pudong Airport. Really, right on the peninsula where the greater like where Pudong meets the ocean. Yeah, it's like on, way out on where the eastern and southern the sides enter. Yeah. <coughs> so this park really is surrounded by ocean. It's about as um, close to the ocean as civilized um, China gets without um, being on the delta at least in this region. Um, so we take the metro over. We walked through a, a, a city that was partially complete and, and virtually uninhabited. Yep. So we walked over these streets. There was no one was on there. It was we walked creep. into the hotel because that was on the side of the I mean, property the that hotel was facing. was going to be like our way into, into the park. Yeah. Like, hey, we'll just go through the hotel because we couldn't find the entrance. They we kicked us the out and made us go around. We're like, oh, <laughs> we where's your password? We're like, what the hell's the password to do with this? <laughs> we didn't realize that the password was actually required to buy tickets. Yeah. So we walked around and we took an over bridge and we got to the front of the park and they're like, where's your password? We're like, um, we didn't take a password. Yeah. This was our first password incident. Yeah. Um, <laughs> password incident more. episode <laughs> one. So we're like, we don't have that. But eventually after talking for a little bit, we gave them our Florida IDs and they just they took it and they're like, okay, yeah. here's some tickets. I was like, great. Thanks for not making a big deal out of this. So this park really, the star, of course, is their um, only operating roller coaster, Steel, Steel Dolphin. Um, the entire park, like, well, maybe not the entire park, a vast majority of the park feels designed around this wonderful, family-friendly, uh, Intamin Blitz coaster. It's everything. I, I'm a big fan of Cheetah Hunt at Busch Gardens, Tampa, but I would also comfortably say that this is the coaster that Cheetah Hunt wishes it was. Um, we like it a lot. We don't like it quite as much as Tyrone, but we actually, I think, would choose it over uh, Maverick. Which and that's a close call, but Maverick take, doesn't but necessarily have the integration with the park. I mean, this thing goes over the rivers, to tunnels, over the entrance. Yeah. It goes everywhere. It has water effects. Yeah, the whole entrance has of the park, restraints. underground tunnels, over the shoulder lap bars, uh, an updated version of what you might find on, uh, on uh, Skyrush. Yep. Like, Skyrush is restraints, except they don't kill your legs. Um, fabulous ride, so much fun. We rode it five times. Um, in fact, we didn't even have to leave the station because the ride operators for this ride were Which was so completely awesome. unique. They'd never seen it anywhere in Asia. So it's the only park in, in China you'll ever visit where not only will they let you stay in the station for re-rides, but they will pluck you out of your seat in row five and give you the front row if there's no one there. They're like, oh, guys, go right here. We're like, what do you mean? Like, you have to go around? We're like, no, 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 row no, one. I was here. like, what do you mean row one? And he's like, sit in row one. And we're like, oh, okay, we'll sit in row one. Thanks. <laughs> we just didn't expect yeah. that. Um, and then the park has 
I feel like the part was trying to be the Chamlong Ocean Kingdom of the East. They were trying to be the competitor with Disney. They did charge the same price as Disney. Now, the only thing of the standards was their orca exhibit, which, yes, orcas are wild caught from Russia. Yes, they were purchased from Russia. Yes, they are being traded by humans in captivity. If you have a problem with that, I understand. But the facilities they were in was mm. actually, they're actually the best facilities in the park. Yeah. So they are comparable to a SeaWorld Orlando's um, orca tanks. So and only had four wheels there, so it's not like they were they were dying for space. The orca show was very good. Orca show was completely in English. Took it a was lot very of educational. World, but it was um, for, yeah, so you can really see that they had the park has a lot of Western influences here and there, um, and that was definitely one of them. It was very much educational, good size, uh, orca seemed well well taken care of. So that was actually a surprise. Now, the rest of the park doesn't necessarily stay the same. Even though the park's been open for about a year now, it opened in October, I think, of, of last year? November 2018. Yeah. So it's not. It's just barely been open a year. Um, it's still stumbling its way through the, the, the fledgling park process. Um, in their Christmas area of the park, there's a big train ride. The, the park does not have a lot of actual rides. It has a kitty area that's pretty well fleshed out. Uh, with the exception of the kitty coaster, but we'll get yeah. over to that in a minute. Um, there's a train ride in this uh, kind of winter wonderland themed area of the park, which is really cute and has like German and Russian um, themed areas uh, and, you know, polar animal exhibits. But the train ride is missing in action. It's there. It's on the park map, but the entrance is blocked off. There was a cable car ride that was up and down throughout the day. If We didn't get to ride it. Which is um, dumb because on the ocean... Under under the traffic pattern of the airport, so like the wind is pretty heavy there. Yeah, like the it's, wind that's is out, it's out in the open. So. It's this, this sort of thing where like they, they built this cable car ride that's wind loads, sensitive, yeah, yeah. and they screwed up. They, seen, like, they really end. wanted to be Ocean Park Hong Kong in this moment with the cable cars, and they screwed it, screwed it up. Um, the kitty area had a majority of the rides, including a kitty coaster where the second to last vehicle um, had derailed and crashed into the infield of the ride. Um, so the train is like half, it's, it's just like, in the, in the final, it's, it's a very simple coaster layout, like a, like a Zamperla family gravity looking layout. I think, is it a knockoff? I think it's a knockoff. I would assume it's a knockoff. But basically the, the second to last car came right off the axle and is still laying in the grass with the train parked just outside of the station with the vehicle, you know, still stuck in the grass, um, looking like a scene from a horror movie or something. Um, we certainly hope... We could only assume that the train was empty when this happened because it looked Yeah, the, the main thing but, about this park is that it looks very nice. Um, but even though this park is brand new, there was like classic the, China. black mold everywhere. Like, like mold. Rust. Like it was just felt yeah. like everything was brand new. It was oh, such yeah. shit Some of quality. The seat, in the splash zone for the orca show, the seats were covered yeah. in green like gunk. Yeah, it was bad. It and was like there was, everything was rusted. And then we walked into the hotel right earlier, yeah. and like the ceilings were black mold. It was just covered in black mold. Smell. We had picture, pictures on the website. That's the first thing I took a picture of at this park was the freaking black mold in the ceiling up there. And even in the little like candy shop. So the candy shop has homemade candy from from the park that is themed to their you know characters, which the is park very has western. Eight adorable sea creature themed characters, and they have their own candy kitchen, and they make. Their own candy themed to these characters. So in a way, it's very sophisticated and Western, but they look up at the ceiling and it's freaking falling apart. Yeah. And it's very China for you. So if you yeah. go to China, you're going to see it everywhere. The nicest, newest, newest high-rises you're going to enter, the walls are going to be falling apart. It's just kind of how China is. Like it's very hotel, much cheap compared so to what cool we... so cool because the hotel is themed to an ocean liner. 
Yeah. So, like, you see it in the background of, like, a lot of our pictures on the website. But it looks like it's just a, a ship, yeah. As usual, from far away. It, it looks just looks so great. Big. And then the closer you get, the harder it is. And the funniest thing, I think, was the Will Whale Shark, Shark volcano, volcano exhibit. So you enter a volcano, and there's, like, projection mapping. It's a sick. And you're like, all right. So you look at all these exhibits, and these aquariums are small. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a 2018 theme park. Yeah. Why is this shit so small? Um, there's like this wall, small little aquarium with five major adult sharks, and they're just like swimming around in, in tiny circle. little circles doing donuts because they have nowhere to it go. It was bad. And so if you look off to the right and see a restaurant, like the theming inside is fantastic. But then you look off and you see a restaurant, and it's just a small tank. Like everything's small. And then you enter the ship that is the sunken ship, and you look out of a window in the sunken the ship. The portholes. The yeah. porthole. You look into the main main tank, and it's just, okay, the main tank is an okay size. And you see another small aquarium, but three more sharks and a single stingray. Like, everything seemed like it was just not it, right? Everything was just slightly off. And then you get to the finale tank, right? The big whale shark volcano exhibit. And guess what, guys? No whale sharks. There's no whale sharks. They had mermaids. They had mermaids swimming around, like humans, for entertainment. But there was no whale shark. So here they have an exhibit that is literally called the whale shark volcano. That literally has signs about the whale shark in their whale shark aquarium. But there are no whale sharks in this park. Just give you a heads up on that one. So that was really weird. I was like, okay. So that was just not up to our standards. Neither was the whole dolphin exhibit. Um, but they did have some redeeming attractions. They had another... Uh, water slide rapid ride the largest in the world thing, yeah um which we didn't ride it at this park because you know we rode the one at wuchi and that was really awesome for this one we just didn't we were gonna you know we were flying later that day we weren't sure if we were gonna have time to take a shower later we really didn't want to like get super wet and then be all around the city and, and deal with that so um i took some pictures of it they have a great dark ride here yeah, dark say, ride's cool. It's they had a, a 40 dark ride with a tunnel that goes through one of the larger aquariums. High quality physical scenes, mm-hmm. high quality projection scenes. It was actually it was really cute. great. It was, a little, it, had, it was about a little mermaid and like an evil something comes and steals the, the, the city, pearls a pearl from like the city or whatever. I mean, it, it was pretty basic, but it was cute. It was cute. It was, pretty <laughs> it was well actually done. really fun. Um, and it was our first... For, for, this was our first uh, dark ride through an aquarium of the trip. Our second was at Chimong Ocean Ocean Kingdom, which was incredible. And I am so incredibly glad we went to Haichang Ocean Park first because even though we had a, we actually enjoyed our time there, we left a little yeah. early because we had you know we had seen it. Yeah, it was not the greatest and largest park, but the overall appearance they are they they have set themselves on a stage for global success, surely. But I'm glad we went there before channeling Ocean Kingdom because when we went to Ocean Kingdom, it became clear that it's yeah. such a major role player. Yeah. It is the future of the theme park industry. Yeah. Channeling Ocean Kingdom just murdered the newer park. Channeling Ocean Kingdom killed killed it dead. Like that park is so. And over so the top right now, I want to go back to Haichang Ocean Park for another ten years, unless they build something really great. I need to ride there next time. We're there. I want to go to Channeling Ocean Kingdom, but tomorrow. I want to go to Channeling Ocean Kingdom every year for every like for. <laughs> I would live there. We actually looked at uh, several options of doing so in their fantastic hotel that's just dolphins in the hotel yeah. but more on that in episode two yeah so overall um east china was solid east china was solid a lot of great parts every park has a highlight right which is fantastic because mm-hmm. we have also been to the southern region in our in our next episode where there are parks where just you know 
It just wasn't happening. The southern you region know? was a lot more inconsistent. Some high highs and some low lows. Yeah. Oh, totally. It was like <laughs> the, the lowest lows and the highest highs were in that region. Yeah. And so um, for most of the Shanghai, Changzhou, Suzhou area, like we east, mid-east China, the, the ride rosters, every park has a major, major coast that's definitely worth traveling for, I would say. Yeah. Uh, including the Blitz Coast, the Steel Dolphin was, was really fun. Steel Dolphin was fantastic. Was that so, was a huge surprise. Um, it, it's, a more, it's definitely more approachable. Like, fly to go to Shanghai from anywhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, any airline flies there. Shanghai is people speak more English in the region. Yeah. It is definitely easier to get around. The metro, Cost everything's so in English. There's bullet trains everywhere. It's so cheap. So I would definitely say if you're looking to go to your first China trip, Totally, totally yeah. go to Shanghai. Just go to the Shanghai area and, and do some of those parts. You can kill a week there so easy. Yeah, even two weeks. No stress. No Especially if you're doing more than your theme parks. Yep. Um, so Shanghai uh, has a really great, great, great region to start your, your China theme parking around. Mm-hmm. A little more consistency. That's what we did. Yeah. Our first, your first, well, when Your I, first and my first, yeah. both, even yeah. at different times, yeah. we're, we're there. And um, when you're ready to do a little more. Bargaining, seeking. not speaking English, and seeking you got disappointments. Got your sea legs a little bit, ready to swing your hips. You then go down you're going to go to episode two, region. and you're yeah. going to go down to South China, where yeah. it's jungly, way more polluted. Totally different world. A totally different world. And uh, we'll take you to a different world in episode two. Episode two. I really hope you enjoyed this uh, this episode. Everything that we talked about is actually live. So we yep. recorded this right after we just published Haichang Ocean Park on the mm-hmm. website. California, sorry, thecoasterkings.com. Coaster Kings, yep. So that's all on there. So you yep. got to make sure you check that out. We have all yep. the supports for you. Details on how to get there. Details about the park. Way more than we were able to fit in this, in this like, two Please, hour please, episode. please. So. If you have any questions with anything related to the Chinese parks, planning a trip, literally anything, don't hesitate to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms. Yeah, shoot Instagram, an email. Facebook, anything. We are here for you. Leave comments on the website. We, we want to help you guys go to China. We realize all these parks are so brand new that no one has covered these parks like we have. And we, we went everywhere. We didn't yeah. have any tour guides. We completely totally wanted to say self-planned or this tour. And, and we would love to take people yeah. on tours in the future. But just so you guys know, if you have any questions, please use us as a resource. We, yeah. we would love to tell you more about these parks and the understanding we have of the, of the operation in the region and how to get around. Mm-hmm. Because uh, again, we, did, we didn't do it with a tour group. We did everything completely 100% on our own. Yeah. So feel free to reach out. We would love to talk to everyone about it. We really are really enthusiastic. We love the Chinese market. It is such a different market, people. I don't think most people understand. It is such a different world. The way the audience perceives it, the way the parks now put themselves together. Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah. We had a really great trip. It was one of our, I think it was the best trip we've ever done. So my favorite thing I've ever done. Yeah. So for sure, for sure. Let us know, guys, if you have yeah. any questions. I want to thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. I know we're hitting uh, hitting one of our longest episodes yeah. already. So thank you so much for sticking with us through East China. We hope this uh, cafe catharsis was cathartic for you. That one. <laughs> and we will be back um, hopefully uh, within a month or so. Maybe if even not sooner. sooner. We're trying um, to get these China's ep- China episodes out for you guys, yeah. so we stay current. Yeah. We'll be back for part two. Yeah, part two. We'll have uh, uh, parks like Chaomeng Ocean Kingdom. We'll have some specials in there. We'll Chaomeng Paradise. Paradise. The Canton Tower. The Canton Tower, which is going to be a big surprise. Super, I'm tell super you about special. Um, and then um, some disappointment parks. <laughs> some complete Chinese park like totally Chong Chinese. Lord. Yeah. Chong Lord, Holiday Manor. I mean, Sha China. I love Sha China too. Guangzhou is such, it's such a major, major city that people don't really seem to visit very often. Guangzhou so. is actually the ninth largest metro in the world. And no one talks about it. It's the biggest city you've never heard of. It's the third biggest city in all of China. It is a really wonderful place. We had a really fantastic time. So we'll talk to you guys about that on episode two. But we're going to visit our very, very, very favorite theme park in the world. 
And for now, thank you for listening. Right.